G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined by a couple of new voices, uh, Ed and Zach. How are you going? Ed, uh, you're from the UK. How is it over there? Hi, yeah. Uh, so I'm from the UK, born and raised in Romania, but I live in the UK and the UK is fine. You know, it's we're still, <laughs> we're still in lockdown currently. But um, yeah, it's hopefully yeah. getting better. <laughs> yeah, we've just got into um, stage four lockdown here in Victoria in um, in Australia. So uh, we've got a curfew 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. every day now. So and oh, from God. Thursday, like most shops and everything are going to be shut down. It's only really going to be essential services that are open. Um, Zach, you're also uh, a Victorian boy. How is it for you? Yes, I am. Uh, so far, it is not too different from what it was, you know, a week ago. Luckily, I've got uni coming back, so I've got things to do. I've got reasons to, you know, spend time inside, I guess, which is nice. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> always a good thing, always a good thing. You guys may not have uh, seen Zach and Ed on a lot of uh, on previous episodes of Double Jump Radio or in a lot of the streams, but you would have seen them in chat. Uh, Zach and Ed uh, frequently jump into uh, our streams, um, and Ed is uh, our newest community lead, so he's been working alongside Lucas, keeping the chat pumping on our various streams. So, to I want to try something a little bit different and ask every time we get a new uh, host or guest on, I'd like to ask them a question, and I want to ask them. What's your favorite game and why? So, Ed, you're, you're, you're first up. What's your favorite game and, and why yeah. is it? So, my favorite game of all time is Persona for Golden. It is the sole reason I bought a Vita for. Ah, oh, the Vita. And I have no regret whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I got into playing Persona 4 on the PS2 when it came out. Never finished it because I must have played it when I was maybe like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then, I, but I knew... I loved it. Played Persona 3 and then Bolivita for Golden and I loved it. It's just the, the idea that you have to confront a shadow self and uh, reaching out to find a thrill about who you are really resonated with yeah. me. Not in the mm. sense of uh, that we all have like this dark underbelly that we're covering, but also in the sense that, you know, there's all the fears that you have, all the doubts that you, that you have that, you know, are part of your own person. And I think that game was fundamental in... Um, and teaching me how to, you know, confront my doubts, confront my fears, confront the worst side of me and accept the fact that, you know, I need to take myself with the good and the bad. And also I taught myself to be, you know, a better friend. Uh, hmm. I think the Persona 4 cast is one of the best casts in a, in a JRPG on a, on, a, on a RPG whatsoever. And so, so, your, so your social links, <laughs> you've got good social links now, uh... that's good. Yeah, yeah, with, with people in real life, yeah, just, yeah, I, I'm leveling up my social links <laughs> with, with uh, my friends. You're, in real you're life, really yeah. into drama club. You're not, you're not, you're not a friend, friends with people in the basketball club. That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. No, because I'm min max. I'm min max everything in persona. Min max your your links yeah. in real life. And and obviously yeah. it also helped because I did my year abroad in Japan last year. Wow, Ooh, nice. And that was. That was insane. Yeah, I, I I studied in Tokyo, and and that was insane. Being like, wow, you know, like I'm in Persona. Persona really <laughs> had me ready for this. Yeah, Persona really had me ready for this. So, 
I played four, and I played uh, specifically. I, I played five before, which uh, takes place in Tokyo. Yes, because 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 four is more like um, being in a town, like a Japanese town. Yeah. Yep. Whereas uh, five is more like in, in in like a Tokyo setting, right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So four is in this rural setting, in this sort of rural town called Inaba, and then five is in Tokyo. And it's been it's been crazy uh, playing Persona Five before uh, going to Tokyo and lived there for a year. And being like, wow, this is my persona year. Wow, this is Shinjuku. Wow, this is Shibuya and the Shibuya Crossing. I know all of these places. So, yeah, a deep attachment wow. to the Persona franchise for me. And, and you think um, uh, the Persona series really captured the vibe of real Japan? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Obviously, none of the supernatural nonsense. But um, in terms of uh, social upheaval... If, uh, no, no midnight channels. No midnight channels, no phantom thieves, none of that. But in terms of, um, especially with Five, <laughs> in terms of the, the Japanese society, I think there's really something to be said. You know, like if you played Persona 5, the first boss encounter is a, a gym teacher who abuses... Um, um, one of the girls, right? A few of them. Shiho, yeah, them. yeah, which is, yeah. Which is one of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that is true uh, within a module at university on Japanese side and culture. And we, we saw that happen firsthand. So in many ways, Persona 5 is a revolt yeah. against, you know, the, the things about Japan that Japan doesn't, uh, doesn't really speak about. It's not necessarily open about. Like Hikikomori and, and, and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, like th- Hikikomori, like Neats, stuff like that. And, and the thing with Japan is that there's a lot it's sort of like a lot of um asian cultures where there's a lot of repressed like kind of discussions about sexuality and things like that and that just kind of manifests in really mm. well from a western point of view really bad ways and it's it's cool that um the japanese kind of developers kind of saw that and made commentary on it using a game that came from japan that's uh, that's very interesting yes Specifically, when Persona 5 was criticized for LGBT representation, there's a particular scene I remember from, from the vanilla Persona 5. I haven't played Royal, but I think they've addressed it in that. But yeah, yeah. even in my own experience, when I was in yeah, Japan... Yeah, they, re- they removed it in Royal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. we, we, cele- we, we celebrated Halloween in Shibuya, and we saw people, we saw men dress as women, and uh, as if that would be uh, a good enough, as, as if cross-dressing would be a good enough Halloween costume. And obviously, it wasn't necessarily a, we're just going to, going to own cross-dressing. It was just more about making fun of, of uh, LGBT people, which was incredibly rude, but it's, it's, it's something that is still prevalent yeah. to some degree oh, in, yeah. in Japanese I mean, society, unfortunately. In Indian, if you watch like Indian TV and things like that, like there's always like, um, there's always characters who are basically men dressing as women, and they're always like kind of the joke. Um, it's, yeah. There's a lot of problematic stuff in in a lot of. I mean, to be fair, like it wasn't that long ago where until like you know on on Western TV you'd have a lot of, you know, really like kind of looking back, really um, I don't know troubling uh, depictions of of people from different communities. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. But you know what, I. That's actually pretty cool, uh, the answer you gave, man. Uh, that's really fascinating that you found like some growth as a person from your um, your experiences in, in the games. That, that really speaks to the potential that games have as a medium for communication and for, you know, creating a connection with the, with, with the player uh, in the same way that film and, 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 you know, to a lesser extent, maybe books and things like that do. But do you think... Oh, uh, you know what? This might be a topic for another another yeah. time. Let's uh let's uh let's move on to Zach. Zach, what's your favorite game and why? All right. So I thought about this question for 
bit. I've thought about this question a mm. lot. Uh, I'm okay. going to go with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, all right, all right. I played... Like, I've been playing the Zelda series for a while. Um, I haven't played every game, but I've played a good chunk of them. And I'd say they were kind of the first games that got me into playing games sort of more as a hobby, as a dedicated hobby. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, I'll play Mario Kart at a friend's house. It's like, no, now I'm going to sit down and play this game for a bit. But, you know, mm-hmm. as the series went on... You can't do that with this game. <laughs> oh, no. Um, as the series went on, though, I kind of felt, and I feel like I'm not alone in saying this, it got a bit repetitive a bit stale um especially with games like skyward sword which was ridiculously long way too drawn out really could have that's what i heard yeah it had a lot of backtracking a lot of railroading a lot of just parts that didn't really need to exist in my opinion um and then breath of the wild came out and it was so radically different from a lot of the series while still sort of staying true to the series wait a minute there was no game between breath of the wild and skyward sword uh, was i'm was there it a was Zelda game? i think a link between worlds came out between the two if i'm remembering correctly i can't yeah but not like a main there was no console, console release time. though no uh there were like remakes but no new console release yeah uh the 3ds one um, came out which one was uh ed what was that yeah so the the three the 3ds games came out yeah and and between yep, yep. In Between Worlds and... um, Link Between Worlds and Triforce Heroes was the other one. Triforce Heroes. And there was also the remake of... Wind Waker and Twilight Princess uh, got uh, rem... Oh, and the Majora's Mask 3D. They got remastered. Uh, And Majora's Mask 3D came out as well. Yep. 3DS. Yeah. Like, I I really was looking forward to the Wind Waker HD kind of update. But then... Is is it not on Switch? I I thought it was on Switch as well. Uh, I will be very unsurprised if if they put it over. I won't be surprised. Apparently, there were some leaks about it potentially coming over, but no actual announcements. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That'll be fun. And there was also... Was it the the Adventure of Link? Was uh, that was uh, Link's, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Yes, the yep, second yep, that Zelda got the game, remake on Switch as well. Yeah, that was the original Game Boy, uh, I think. Yeah, um, that came out after Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yep. Um, that came out last yeah, year, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think um, I think people like that as well, but I think the issue with that is that it it's still based on a really old game, and the, I think some of those decisions from the original game still... Yeah, still I haven't played over. the remake, but I have played the original, and it's not a bad yeah. game, but it is an old one. It's got a lot of design elements that you're yeah. kind of like, yeah. this is dumb. Why did they make this like this? <laughs> Link's Awakening is, is no, wonderful no. On, the, on the 3DS, actually. So if you're not interested in the remake and you want to play the original, you can buy it from, from the eShop on 3DS, so you can have, you can have both and compare. But wonderful game, Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like I played, the, I yeah. played it on the 3DS, and it's great. It still has a lot of those sort of archaic design design decisions, though, that really sort of come through. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what, Breath of the Wild two. That, that's got to be one of the most highly anticipated um, games, like oh, probably in a long time. Um, I I don't I can't think of anything that's really as highly anticipated maybe last of us part two might come close but 
Um, I think that's definitely going to be the one that every, like the entire industry is going to have its eye on. Yeah, when they start to show off more... When they start to show off more of it, I feel like there'll sort of be that build-up of hype because so far all we've gotten is a really short trailer and a not even a title screen, just an announcement of it's it's gonna be a thing, which isn't much yet. Yep, um, yep. So hopefully, when they sort of show off more of the game, show off <laughs> how it's different from the original, that'll start to drum up some of that excitement. Yeah, and I de- I definitely for sure for sure I definitely thought that um, actually there was a chance of it le- releasing this year. Perhaps in a, in a COVID-free world, this uh, would have happened because Nintendo has to answer to to next gen in some mm. way. So there, there were rumors of the Switch Pro, rumors of Breath of the Wild 2 launching with that. But as it stands, it seems that yeah. might not be the case. Yeah, yeah. I think Nintendo is in a good spot right now with the Switch. Like people can barely get their hands on one because of the supply shortages. And I think Nintendo may not do another version of the Switch until NVIDIA uh, releases a new generation of its X1 series of chips, which is what powers the Nintendo Switch and the original NVIDIA Shield kind of TV console. Uh, So who knows, maybe next year we'll see something after, you know, Corona. Yeah, I mean, kind of the main wave passes. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo are kind of in a bit of a weird spot, I feel like, when you compare them to Sony and Microsoft, because... I don't actually feel like they really actively compete with Sony and Microsoft, at least not in the same way, because mm. at least yeah. I know a lot of... Pe- they haven't for... Yeah, they kind of stopped. Yeah, After the Wii, they kind of the just stopped, it feels like, and they kind of just started yeah. doing their own thing. And since they so heavily dominate the handheld market and the portable market, it almost feels like they don't need mm. to compete with the next-gen you know, PS5 and Xbox yeah, series. Yeah, because it, people have... I think Nintendo's found the right mix, which is that... Rather than um, fighting to be the main console in the household, like the only console, um, why don't we become the supplemental console that you have to have for all these unique games? And then you can fight it. Like, truth be told, 90% of the games that's probably out there, you could play on a PC, but there's only a handful of exclusives that you could play on on PlayStation or Xbox to have one of those consoles. Whereas with Nintendo, it seems like it's the other way where the majority of games on the Switch are games that you can only get on the Switch. Yeah, or they're like indie games that so well fit the Switch that it's like it's portable nature mm. that it's kind of... Benef- yep. Even if you've kind of already got the games, there's almost another element, another reason to have them in this very easily portable yep. form. Yeah, and you, and you can play wherever you are and it, it's it's still crazy that you could play uh, like a full console experience on the go um ed what, what do you think yeah the pro- the problem with what the switch has going on now is that um as a stance the competition it has is is against the ps4 and the xbox but when next gen releases for example for someone like me who has a ps4 pro and will be transitioning to five the discussion won't be hey am i going to get a switch or am I going to get a Switch? Or am I going to get a PS5 instead? So for, I think for, mo- for most people looking to either upgrade from the current generation to next gen and don't have a Switch, or for new people that are willing to get into the console market, the, the argument in favor of the PS5 mm. or the Series X um, against the Switch, I think is far greater. So I think that's, that's why... In- Especially when you can... Yeah, that's why Nintendo has to has to respond with something. And, you know, it, it needs to be either a game. Mm. Animal Crossing is massive and it's carried the 2020, uh, 2020 year so far. But they need to have an answer this holiday season. And I think we'll be hearing about Ooh. it soon. Yeah, Breath of the Wild 2, um, 
probably the next mainline Mario um, and uh, Metroid Prime, I think, are going to be those those kind of three tentpole releases that people are looking forward to. And, and dare I say it, mm. I think Nintendo... There's also the chance of uh, there being like a, a new Mario Kart because the, the current Mario Kart is kind of like a re-release of a previous one. Um, so I think that'll be like another opportunity as well. Yeah, I mean, they did the smaller partner showcase a few weeks ago, which a lot of people weren't overly impressed with. <laughs> you, I Bakugan. like Shin Megami Tensei. I'm happy. Um, yep. It, was that a... Um, like, is, is that basically going to be like a remake, remake of, of Shin Megami Tensei 3 the, the and also a new um, Shin Megami three. Tensei game, Shin Megami Tensei 5? Which is good, because I haven't played 3 yet, oh, okay. so... I'm happy. Uh, was 3 a P- one uh, of the PS2 PS- games? PS2, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, PS2, yeah, yeah. Nocturne was then, PS2. then they kind of focused on... Yeah, because I think they kind of focused... Shin Megami Tensei 4 um, and then Persona, like, kind of... They focus on Persona they for a really while. They really did focus on Persona to the point where it's just its own series. It's, yeah, it's basically its own series now. Yeah, Tensei uh, number four, I think, was on. It was, was on it 3DS. On Shin Megami Tensei four, and then a sort of sequel 3DS, called yeah. Shin Megami Tensei four Apocalypse, which was like a spiritual yeah, successor so, sequel thing. So with SMT and Persona, the story goes is that Persona three and four both still had the Shin Megami Tensei title, meaning that you know we acknowledge the fact that this is a yeah. spin-off. But then, there some, yeah. but then with Persona five, they dropped it because Persona became a, a greater franchise than, than SMT at this point, even though it shares you know a lot yeah. of the DNA with, with SMT. But the SMT games were always the hardcore ones, were also the ones that you know people praised for the difficulty yep. and also were a bit more obtuse. In a, in a sense, Persona was always more yeah. accessible. They were kind of more, um, they were kind of more psychological and art, like they kind of had like a not high fantasy, but like a high level of kind of more. Um, there was a more lore, sort of horror, horror yeah, sort of vibe way. to them than Persona. There was like yeah. the first two Persona games are more similar to Shin Megami Tensei than what people call Persona yeah. now, if that makes sense. Yeah, m- yeah, yeah. Modern Persona started with three and then carried on to four and five, and well, yeah. Well, don't you literally channel personas by like shooting three, yourself? You do, exactly, yeah. and three, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so they function like stands. So, like in three, you shoot yourself, and four, you you break this this arcane card, and the in five, card. you rip off your uh, phantom thief yeah. mask. Yeah, your yeah, iconic card. Yeah, um, that's that's super like. The super it's hashtag edgy, edgy. Um, content oh, right I, there. So and I loved you, it. I, I ate it up when I was young. Are you kidding? Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei really <laughs> leans into the edge sometimes. Thanks for sharing your favorite games, guys. Um, now, we've talked a little bit about what's been happening in gaming already, but let's now move on to the news discussion part of the podcast. Uh, our first story for today is uh, 343 responding to the criticism regarding Halo Infinite's showing at last week's uh, Xbox Game Showcase and also uh, finally confirming that Halo Infinite will have free-to-play multiplayer. Um, just to start off with, Halo Infinite's graphics. Um, what, did, what did you guys... Were you, did you guys see the initial footage? What did you think of the graphics showing? Um, Ed, you want to go first? Yeah, so I, I covered the Xbox Game Showcase um, on our Discord. I was, yep. I, was, I was chatting with everyone. I was um, watching yep. it, and I also did the write-up. Yeah, yeah. That was very very well done, by the way. That was a very, very in-depth write-up. Yeah, thank you. So, I, so I've been monitoring everything Halo and everything Microsoft in the last week or so, and then I also watched the Digital, digital Foundry video on Halo, mm-hmm. where they 
describe mm -hmm. they they described yeah. it as being flat and they do make you know some really good points and then uh, not only did they make really good points they were even addressed by the halo team by 343 industries yeah so they they yeah they they came up and said hey you know like we, we acknowledge we're trying to fix it um in a way yeah. The graphics looking flat doesn't really bother me. I'm 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 not that interested yeah. in it being, um, you know, the uh, top of the line game that comes out, because it's gonna they're going yeah. to play at 4K. Because you know, as they say, it's gonna play at uh, 60 FPS in the campaign, then 120 in the multiplayer. I think I I can I can take that compromise. I can take it lo looking less um, impressive in, in terms of graphics as long as it plays well, as long as it delivers the Halo experience that we want to see from from them. Yeah, Zach, did you did you have anything to say about uh, the showing? Did you? Have anything to add? Yeah, so I did watch the um, the eight minute demo that they put up. Mm -hmm. I just watched it on YouTube afterwards because I heard a lot of people complaining about the graphics, and I watched <laughs> it and I was like, you know what, this looks fine. Yeah. I mean, I've never cared about graphics like basically ever, so I was watching it and I honestly couldn't really tell what the problem was. I did notice a few animations that looked a bit stiff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but nothing that really popped out to the point where I was like, this looks bad. More just this looks like a game that isn't quite done yet. And yeah. it is a game that isn't quite done yet. It was literally a demo. <laughs> yeah, literally a demo of a build of a game that was a couple of weeks old. So 343 Industries took to uh, Halo Waypoint, the official Halo um, uh, website, to uh, release a blog post addressing the issue. So th the kind of the two main topics that the developer touched on was um, the, the game's art style and the overall quality of the graphics. So first of all, um, when it, with regard to art style, uh, the the main uh, subject uh, was that 343 Industries is going to more of a quote-unquote classic art style from like the original uh, couple of games. Um, so they're, they're, they're trying to go for a more vibrant palette but with less kind of details in the model. So the, People might say they're a bit more boring or less noisy, but the, the thing is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worse. It just means that it's it's a bit more kind of a folk, like kind of less distractions on the actual uh, the models uh, for the characters. Um, so you don't have as much kind of like glowy bits and things like that on on the different enemies and stuff like that. Um, basically, uh, three four three three is just a quote says. While we appreciate this may not be to everyone's personal preference, we stand by this decision and are happy to see it resonating with so many fans around the world. Uh, personally, I think it's good when a developer, rather than trying to rush a massive change like this, I think just sticking to your guns and refining is the better way to go. Um, what, what do you think, Zach? I agree with that 100%. Uh, I've seen a lot of games, or not a lot, but I have seen instances where games tried to change their art style at the last kind of minute in response. I've only seen it work once uh, with yeah. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, anyway, also, I kind of... This is personal preference. I don't really play first-person shooters much in general, but with a lot of games, I kind of prefer the sort of more... Uh, like, less detailed, more stylized, more clear look in general um i find mm. it makes things pop more it makes things a bit just easier to see i almost feel like games that have too much detail i get disoriented and i think this will actually help halo differentiate itself from other shooters because i mean fortnite has got a lot of like kind of 
different affectation like everyone's got their own artifacts and clothes and stuff like that you know apex legends uh, overwatch uh destiny like uh, all of these kind of hero shooters have so much going on that i think halo having a more simple design makes it a bit more uh, i think it's a, it's kind of refreshing and probably will lend itself well to like a competitive scene where you can you can actually identify who's an enemy against the background and and things like that uh, what do you think ed the problem the problem here with with halo is that it can it cannot really afford being just a simple game in terms of in terms of fidelity because of marketing mm. uh because microsoft really positions uh halo to be the core series x game and uh you know the the, the showstopper the the one that's that's about to, to bring in the yeah. sales the system, the seller. system seller yeah so whereas personally i don't think i will mind when i'll when i'll be playing halo because i'm going to be in motion anyway so i won't really stop to to see that oh that that's that's extra popping in or something happens but when your average consumer looks at a halo trailer or a screenshot or or hears the hubbub from the internet and goes oh well halo doesn't look great let me look at the sony side and you see miles morales you see horizon i think that that's where that's where they lose uh, in this conversation i think the game might be good and it might be good even despite its visuals uh visual style which i personally like that they're going uh back to uh um, what Bungie did with the originals yeah yeah no. but i don't know in terms of a marketing strategy i i, I don't know like showcase forza but forza's not ready yet yeah. I, I, I i what is the game i'm not sure if microsoft has the one game and halo needs to be a launch because we're used to halo at launch so it's it's really complicated position and you know microsoft has has yeah. put 343 yeah. and halo in this position and it's like well do what you can now do your best yeah exactly exactly and 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 moving on to the second part of um 343 industries blog post was uh, addressing the the concerns about graphics quality so uh 343 confirmed that the build that was shown in the demo was a a few weeks ago and that some of the graphical elements and systems were still being finished so uh things like pop-uping in the fog and the grass and the for the foreground um some of the lighting um like kind of the lighting not being, uh, I should say, like kind of quote unquote next gen enough. Um, so, you know, the the good thing is that um, three four three it has listened to the feedback and even uh, called out Digital Foundry in its blog post. So clearly, the developers are are listening to the um, feedback that players and uh, players fans and you know like the industry kind of experts are putting out is is a good good sign there, but. I, I agree. I think, I mean, I've said it again and again. I think Halo is a victim of this cross-generation development where Sony is showing what a next-generation console is capable of when it's unshackled from the limitations of making a game work on a previous um, less powerful console. So I, I think if Microsoft did that with Halo, it would be like, it would have been such a, like, not just marketing, but I think win for players because Forza looks amazing because it's not stuck to the old consoles. Even um, Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade 2, uh, even the glimpses of that look like they've uh, come forward a long way since Microsoft ditched the previous generation um, versions of it. So I, I hope that with Halo becoming more of a platform going, you know, over the next few years that maybe 
every update it'll become like like a warframe or like a, even like a warcraft or something where there's like a major update that improves the like the engine uh, and things like that as well so um that that that's definitely hope that's definitely a hope yeah so like with halo it's they're definitely going towards a platform model and i really hope that they can uh deliver on the ray tracing update that they oh, promised yes. i really hope that we'll see upgrades <sighs> upgrades on it as as we go along it's a game but changer. it still needs to make a splash Literally. at launch it still needs to make a splash at launch and, and yep. it needs to be this this massive game and even them sh- coming up and saying hey you know this this is a build from a month ago two months ago it doesn't matter it's it's august we're months away from from november yeah. when presumably both of these consoles will, will release so yeah i don't know i'm i'm hopeful but i'm uh i'm on the i'm on the uh, um cautious side with this yeah which which i think is i think a lot of people are but you know for me um i'm fortunate enough to have a pc that can run games pretty well so i'd be i'll be picking it up on pc but i am tempted by the idea of getting an xbox series x just so i can play it on a on a, uh, a a really nice TV <laughs> with HDR because my monitor doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of being uh. able to play uh, Halo at really good um, performance settings, multiplayer confirmed, free to play, <laughs> and it's going to be 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X. I hope that's um, also applying to PC. Hopefully, it's uncapped, not 120, but that's massive. I think so, definitely. Yeah, I actually have some thoughts about the free-to-play multiplayer uh, that I, I wanted to ask a bit of a question because I have never played a Halo game. I probably never mm. will play a Halo game, but I do want to... Because when they make the multiplayer free-to-play, part of me feels like that's trying to get new people into the franchise, people that possibly haven't tried a Halo game before. 100%. Oh, definitely. 100%. But Halo yeah. Infinite is, as far as I know, and from what I saw in the demo, like very far down the story like i was watching that demo i'm like banished Mm, mm. some war with united nations but in space talking aliens that seem to enjoy being killed a lot for some reason man in green doing a shooting who is this game for is it for like or are they going to have a good way to introduce new players to the is my question so here's 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 what so this is kind of the approach that Call of Duty is going. Uh, that uh, is it. Is it Infinity Ward this year? I think it's Infinity Ward. Um, Infinity Ward did was. Uh, it should have been Sledgehammer. But it, it was Infinity Ward. It right? should be Sledgehammer, yeah. but it will be Infinity Ward more likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like this year's Call of Duty was. Uh, sorry, last year's Call of Duty and the current Call of Duty is the 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 Call of Duty campaign and regular multiplayer is tied to people buying the game but warzone is free to play but using assets from the game so you literally you literally download the whole game but you only get access to the warzone mode so you're you're right in that it'll be a great way for um players to get into halo in terms of multiplayer and i think microsoft's got an ace up its sleeve when it comes to a service like xbox game pass where players will get the chance to um uh get uh, play Halo the Master Chief Collection which collates all the original four games plus Reach plus ODST um, and also I, I, I don't I, I definitely see Microsoft doing um, a an Xbox Series X uh, enhancement for Halo 5 Guardians which I think that got announced didn't it? Halo 5 Guardians 
there's nothing on the docket right now for Five Guardians, and honestly, I think they want to distance themselves from that as, as much as possible, which is why they dropped the number for Infinite. I like that game. I, I like that game. Yeah, but like uh, everyone criticized uh, the story particularly, which is, I think, why, to speak to your point, Zach, um, Halo Infinite, I don't think anyone will care about the story that much. I don't think you go in, into uh, the new one and be like, oh yeah, let, let's see what happens to Master about after five. I think it's in many ways, not a soft reboot, but them saying, you know, like, disregard what, we, what we've seen from, from the Halo franchise in terms of single player up until now, even the novels, even the, you know, the, old, the TV shows, the whatever, mm. and let's have a clean, a clean break as much as we can and then introduce right. people to the yeah. multiplayer first, which then will be a gateway to the single player. The, the multiplayer is free to play so that they eventually get to sign on to Game Pass and then play the single player with friends. Because right. the, the appeal yeah. of playing yeah. the campaign with four of your mates is, is going to be uh, really appealing to, to anyone that's, that's playing the, the multiplayer, I think. Yeah. Right, because yeah especially that yeah game pass is is kind of the de facto way of consuming games on xbox in, right. in a way now. so i because i was always under the impression that halo was primarily a single player game with a well-regarded multiplayer but i'm not entirely sure i mean yes yeah again yeah. never played a halo game. but good. The, yeah do like mm-hmm. sci-fi though well, Halo Two was the Halo Two was the most popular was the most played game on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty until Gears of War. Damn! Came down. So a game from the previous generation was number one on Xbox Live. Like Halo Two is, uh, like Halo Two is where people like I think Ninja came like started mm-hmm, off okay. in the Halo Two multiplayer community. So Halo Two was a huge game. Like Halo is what made console oh, okay. multiplayer happen. The yeah. original Halo. Um and then Halo Two made introduced like leaderboards and all sorts of stuff like that that we take for granted right now in terms of um what m- multiplayer is like on console. And and the the next kind of shift was like like say for example um uh say Doom was the, the original Doom in the 90s on dial-up and then Quake came out mm. and then Halo was the next big thing. Um, oh, sorry, Counter-Strike and then Halo. Then Halo 2 was a paradigm shift and then uh, and then you had games like Gears of War and then not until like, say, Call of Duty is where kind of the modern formula of shooters came in yeah. with, you know, um, power-ups and things like that. And then, and then you, you probably had like Overwatch kind of introduce the concept of the hero shooter you know abilities and stuff like that taking stuff that people had been using in dota and 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 kind of halo kind of following in that way by adding you know jetpacks and things like that so it's it's like halo is now the it's not the leader anymore it's kind of like the follower it's kind of like it's not the trendsetter it's, it's just like another shooter game so you're right i think this game has to make a huge impact ed um and and you're right zach that this is an opportunity for Microsoft to get people interested into the franchise, and then once you once you like the multiplayer, and you're like, you know what, um, yeah, I'll sign up, I'll get Xbox Game Pass for a month, I'll check it out, and then you finish Halo One's campaign with your mates, and you're like, oh my god, then there's two, then there's three, then there's all these other games, and then you're like, you know what, maybe I will play, um, you know sea of thieves or i'll play fable or i'll play something else and then you're hooked you're, you're yeah. hooked in the ecosystem and and also with that's the secret with, with halo um you know halo one 
all the stories you hear about um, you know Halo being played in, in colleges and universities that's where that's where the uh, the, the the status yeah. of their, their, their game got established not with the single player which was great and it's all right but the multiplayer people playing together having LAN parties with Halo 1 and then Halo 2 <laughs> having you know the Xbox Live being being the 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 one platform that allowed you to have voice chat and play this game it was it was exactly. a phenomenon in yep. in uh, in the states especially and that's what consolidated halo and in a way with infinite the expectations yeah. of of how groundbreaking halo 1 2 and 3 were i think um that's going going to be halo infinite's main problem is how do we overcome those expectations or at least how do we meet them because at the moment as you look at infinite yeah we're not really we're not really seeing you know any signs that they're going to meet these expectations is halo infinite going to be the next platform game we don't know yet it all depends on so many things yeah and 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 the thing is that let's be honest the people who really loved halo and played it like crazy they're like in their 30s and 40s now like you know halo came out almost 20 years ago right so those players you know, they're in it for the Lord. They, they've got the memories. They'll play the multiplayer. They'll try it out. But now you've got to engage, like, you know, one or maybe two generations of gamers who've grown up with that Halo being the game to play. They've grown up with Call of Duty to be the shooter to play or, you know, um, Fortnite or PUBG, you know, games like that or e even Overwatch um, as being the kind of shooter that you turn to um, rather than Halo. So I think Microsoft's got an uphill battle and... Only I think we'll have to see this Christmas. Like, how is Halo gonna stand up to? You know, you've got uh, you've still got Counter Strike, um, go CS:GO. You've still got Apex Legends. You've got Fortnite. You've got Call of Duty. You've got Valorant. Um, you know, you've got uh, did I say you've got Apex Legends? Oh, yeah, maybe I did. said that. I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah. But you've got games you said, like Destiny, yeah. like. There's there's a lot of competition in the shooter space right now, and I think it's in Microsoft's best interest to nail it. It needs to nail it on the yeah. first try. Yeah. Master Chief Collection took like four or five years to get to like a complete status, and uh, trust me, no one is going to give that time period to um, Halo. But uh, Halo Two, is particularly and three on PC, are having a resurgence, which I think is good to uh, yes. to push people towards yeah. Halo Infinite. And like when you think about uh, shooters that are like platforms, like Destiny, like Anthem, they don't have the pedigree that Halo has. I think that's that's the one thing that that yeah. Halo has going for it. Like people that play Destiny, obviously, might love Bungie. But people that yeah. love shooters, in many cases, also love Halo. So I think if if they manage to, yeah. to pull it off, it will either be huge or it will just flop. There's no in between with Halo. It's a bit, it's it's a game that's too yeah. big, not to make a big impact. But I think I think Microsoft has the money to make it good over time. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know if the audience can forgive it. Um, Ubisoft showed with games like for honor with the division with rainbow six siege that you you keep you keep at it and you'll get to a stage where fans appreciate the the input you're putting in and will start bringing in new players um, once you reach a certain level of uh, polish but with halo it's like what are you doing different now and I'm not going to give you the time of day. I've got so many other games to fight with. And even Microsoft has created its own problem where you've got Xbox Game Pass, which is like a subscription, right? So it's like it's like a show on Netflix. If you don't catch me in the first couple of episodes, I've got so many other things to watch. I'm not going to hang on to it. So I think 
even I think Game Game Pass is a positive and a negative in that way. <laughs> I mean, Game Pass is a huge bonus for Microsoft, but in terms of how many games will people play, the engagement with any uh, one game will be different. But Halo Infinite, to my knowledge, will still be in a way they they still need to make money off of single player, off of sorry, off of multiplayer. So. They need to mm. probably have a battle pass, something, even if it's free to play. I still think there's going to be some cosmetics, some sort of battle pass thing. They they need to make money off of that. If they don't, I'll, yeah, I'll be I'll exactly. be I'll be impressed at the the courage that Microsoft has to just go in with uh, hey. with Game Pass. I mean, three four three is confirmed that there's not going to be real money loot boxes. So, you know, let's just hope that uh, the studio holds holds its promise. But yeah. Um. Speaking of promises i'm not i don't even i'm not i can't i can't there yeah speaking no of promises just my moving mind, on my mind just can't think of it. there's no segue to um yeah <laughs> you know there's there's not really a, a an easy way to segue this so the the story the next story is a, a little bit of a bummer um but you know what we've got to talk about it right games the creators of league of legends probably <laughs> the largest if not one the one of the largest if not the largest uh, game in, in the planet well, actually it'll crossfire. probably be the second most played game behind um oh wait is crossfire the the chinese is a shooter that's coming out in series x as well i, I know it's the most it's the most played that's what shooter. it was crossfire x yeah crossfire yeah, crossfire yeah. x yeah that's why it sounds I very think it's, familiar. So it is a, it's an updated version. I think it's safe it. to say that League of Legends yeah. is probably one of the biggest games in esports. In the West. And in the West, yeah. And in the West as well. So the West is trying to embrace the Middle East, but it seems like <laughs> it's probably not the right move because Riot Games has announced that it's actually cancelling its like partnership with um, the futuristic Saudi Arabian city of Neom. So Neom is kind of an initiative by the Saudi Arabian government to create like a a, a technopolis, like a futuristic city that's designed around, um, you know, the internet and innovation. And uh, Riot Games had announced a partnership with the city that would be um, like a, one of the quote-unquote main partners for the European Championship summer season for League of Legends. But um, yeah, so... Uh, Riot Games copped a lot of flack because the Saudi Arabian government isn't necessarily known for its respectful treatment of, uh, you know, minorities and people from the LGBTI um, community and, and even people who criticize the government. I mean, we all know a couple of years ago that the, the, the prince of, uh, of Saudi Arabia was accused of, um, you know, ordering the assassination of, uh, I think it was... Uh, Jamal Khashoggi, who is a, a journalist, mm-hmm. um, who, yeah, let's just say was uh, disappeared from an embassy in the in the UK, which uh, oh, that's not something that you really want to associate with gaming. But here we are, you know. Um, and the other the other thing is also the the land that the the city of Neom is meant to be built on is was actually belonging to was belonging to a traditional tribe. That basically the government just just kicked out. Yet the tagline for the um, web uh, for the the city is that it's it's they're designed for better humans and a better society, which you can't you can't really do if you're getting rid of the society that was already there and the human beings who called it home. 
Yeah. Uh, in in resp- yeah. So in response to all this criticism, Riot Games has listened to its staff, listened to its um uh li- listened to the public and announced that it has ended the the partnership with the city. <sighs> you know, thankfully it w- it didn't take that long to make the decision. I believe the announcement was made within 24 hours, yeah. which is pretty crazy if you yep. think about the scale of the agreement. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to, to take in all the news about Neom because I didn't know about it before reading this news. But mm. reading into it just uh, on, on The Guardian, um, they say mm. that one of the, the taglines of, of, of the town is the future, the future has a new home. So it tries to position itself as this utopian mega city of, of the future. Um, and yeah, as you say, uh, just looking into the, the town itself, it has... Um, um, a, uh, a story of threats, forced evictions, and bloodshed. So, if this is going, what's going to take f- for us to make this ideal society? It really is like something taken out of Brave New World or yeah. all of these uh, dystopian fictions. Uh, it's pretty scary, pretty terrifying. The Huaitite tribe that lived on the land probably don't feel that the 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 whole message of this future. This this future home is all that you know welcoming when they've lost their home to build this supposed mega city. It's uh, I I just I, it's crazy that this is only coming to light now. Like where have we been? Yeah, like I I have no idea what Saudi Arabia is doing, and to 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 see yeah. this you know to for this to make news off of uh, a gaming related thing. It's uh, yeah terrifying. That's that's probably the unintended side effect of this is that you know Riot Games has probably brought attention yeah, yeah. to yeah, clearly, uh, yeah. some things that have happened <laughs> that we weren't going to think about otherwise. Yeah, gaming enthusiasts like yeah, like us now know about Neon. Yeah, I do also just want to say um, I think it's very mm. I guess impressive, not impressive, admirable that uh, the actual like Riot employees uh, were able like was willing to like vocally speak out against uh, this. Partnership because, well, Riot don't have the best track or track record. Uh, nope. With nope. how they treat their employees. Yeah, I mean, we we all know uh, what happened so last year. Seeing all of them sort of, well, not all, like seeing them mm. standing up to this, standing up for what is you know what is right, is very admirable. I think. Yeah. E- even so, <sighs> let's, let's just hope. just just to cut to cut in a bit. If, even so. I'm I'm disappointed that it took it took for them to make the partnership and then cancel it. Wasn't there anyone yeah. oh, from the high executive team deciding, hey, maybe this is a bad thing? Why do we need, you know, the the, the lead game designer for for League of Legends to step in and say, I'm not comfortable with this? Why do we need anyone else to step in after the deal's made? Like, was you know, this would continue feeling... to happen. Yeah, I I have a feeling that people did have concerns but didn't feel like they would have the support to stand up and i think once it got announced they saw that the public was getting behind them and and questioning the company then i think internally it said you know what i'm gonna i feel like i've got the support now if you get rid of me now this is going to look bad on you so here's what i'm saying and i think that's kind of what made it yeah happen. Like, i'm not gonna that's my that's what i'm speculating yeah like I'm not going to sit here and speculate on oh, maybe they did it because of this maybe they did it because of that but like the backlash to this 
uh, proposed deal was so great that it feels like there's no way they couldn't have known about this before mm. proposing the deal in the first place, the partnership in the first place. Like, yeah, it like you said, it took less than like 24 hours for the deal to be called off. It was just that quick, that yeah, not like violent, that um, that quick backlash. Yeah, that to see it sort of happening like see that backlash in the first place see you know employees mm. um esports fans league of legends casters all like coming together banding together saying no what you're doing is wrong to think that nobody in you know the um yeah uh what's the word uh riots <sighs> but, like um yeah 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 nobody internally, like internally thought, like kind hey, of did like the bad idea it's a bit crazy to me yeah yeah yeah, but the I think the thing that we should keep in mind is that Riot is big enough to be able to call off a deal like this and not, you know, f- I guess not feel as threatened. If it was a much smaller company, I don't think uh, that company would be able to survive past this. <laughs> Given everything, all the story that's happened, come out about what the Saudi Arabian... Um, kind of leading leading family can can do uh to to people who disagree with them i'm i'm i'm, I'm just lucky that no one at riots uh hurt you know I, I just hope no one gets hurt well uh to pivot this in, into a story from last year oh no actually this year god um <laughs> with blizzard and what yes. happened with with hong kong and, and banning yeah. bliss chunk oh my god blizzard, that was this blizzard year was, oh wow yeah yeah i think so right i'm pretty um, sure yeah blizzard, yeah. W- blizzard was big enough to, to yeah. say no to uh, to what happened, but to they China. weren't. Then and, and yeah. but they didn't. Sorry, they didn't. They didn't do it. So I'm I'm glad that Riot not only has the the status of someone like Blizzard, but also have, has the courage. Um, and mm. the main problem here is that I think this will continue to happen as we discuss the ethics of video game production or video game marketing. And you know you have yeah. companies like Ubisoft speaking about like, oh no, our games are not political, but it is a matter of, of politics right now. You know, things like this <laughs> it, it, are what... Uh, our games are not political yet. When when Ubisoft showed off the demo for uh, Watch Dogs Legion, literally in the presentation, they introduced it by saying, in a post-Brexit world... You, you, what? What? It's, no, so yeah, like, no, I, I have opinions game, on our that. Our game's political argument is ridiculous. Every uh, time I hear it. <laughs> I yeah I was wild up. I mentioned it in my in my Series X coverage that um, yeah. Ubisoft started trailer with London is effed up, and I was like, wow, yeah, you know, good on you, Ubisoft, for not making your games be political. I guess oh, that's just just dumb. I, mean, all, I feel like just every like any game, a lot of AAA games, they're all inherently political as much as they try to hide. Like, just the themes of games tend to lean towards politics, and you can't avoid that. Yeah. Like, like, how many stories are told about, you know, certain dictator in a certain country? Like, the Far Cry Six, I believe, takes place in a in a in a make believe like kind of um, Central American country. Uh, so yeah. there's no really like I'm watching a movie called Six Underground on Netflix, which it takes place in a made up middle uh, like kind of Eurasian country called Turkestan. It's like. You're gonna be political, so I think it's very, yeah. very difficult um, to not be political. Just, just, just either don't say anything or don't deny it. 
Just let the game speak yeah, for yeah, itself. Yeah, I feel like it would almost... Yeah, like, you let the game speak for itself, or almost you could embrace it and actually acknowledge the fact that, yes, what you're doing is trying to send a message, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? It's it's what art does. Yep, art imitates yeah, life. But, but it's, it's good to steer this discussion about, you know, in terms of where do we get our money from, and examine yeah. that and be thorough with that, and, and have a we stand. Need we need and, that. Yeah. Yeah, and, mm. and that that's the because thing. If, like, yeah, sorry. Because if if Blizzard says no, 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 actually we're fine with with China doing what it does in in Hong Kong, um, we need other video game companies to step in and say no. Well, that, actually, that's because we're not fine um, with this. as you know, guys, like China has no human rights violations ever. Like, th- that's why China's got a clean record. That's why Blizzard said um, was yeah. on on China's side. <laughs> oh my god. So mm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm relieved that Riot, uh, you know, took a stand. But I, I, I fear that this is going to be happening uh, yeah. more often, like as, I, as we question like where I, this money comes from. Coming from a Southeast Asian background myself, I know that there are there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evidence for indentured kind of servitude of people from, you know, from countries like Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, you know, even Sri Lanka people who've been sent over there to work you know building a lot of these skyscrapers in these future cities um who are basically not allowed to leave or to go home see their families or you know until they work off a certain amount of debt so i'm i've always had that moral dilemma of like if if you if i visit that country and i invest money in that country am i prom- am i kind of am i rewarding the countries for you know the behaviors of their past so it's it's a tricky it's it's very very tricky you know it's it i know i know we're just talking about games here but still like it's like you know supporting a developer where you know that the people were treated like shit while making the game like it, it, it's it, it's good we're thinking about these things right now because the more we think about it the more we might actually um instill empathy in the minds of more people the more empathy we have probably the more respect we'll will raise and the less we'll see instances of people being put in these really bad situations where they and people treating other people badly that that's that's my hope yeah yeah i mean i like even on a smaller sort of not smaller scale per se but kind of bouncing off of that like this year i feel like i've seen more questions raised about you know the crunch crisis in games than i have like ever before because so many studios like people are finally looking at it and being like this is how games are made and it's actually wrong yeah you know people shouldn't have to sleep at their desks in order to finish a game yeah and and ed you could probably and now that we're sort of and and ed you you would probably know um that in japan it is very common like crunch culture is just normal culture oh yeah God, yes. Oh yeah! Don't get me Absolutely. started on salaryman culture. Exactly, I, I, did, right? I did an entire university module on it, and it's it's insane. But it's, my yeah. m- my point that I was thinking about um, is that um, it's going to be, as you said a bit about um, you know feeling as if you're giving money to governments that you feel uh, are not deserving of it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be harder for us to to choose. Um, what we play, how we play, considering that companies, for example, like Tencent, have a share in almost everything at this point. <laughs> yep, and Riot, and, Epic Games, and Riot, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Discord, Epic and and yeah, even Discord, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. so it's going to be harder for us to justify 
I'm I'm thirty percent owned by Tencent. I have to disclose this. I'm sorry, <laughs> as a journalist, I need to disclose this. Um, my my left leg is owned by Tencent, so uh, I will just, just the left see you via Tencent. Yep. And if you guys have seen Metal Gear, um, you'll know that um, uh, <laughs> appendages can take over your brain and force you to do things you don't want to do. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. I had to lighten the mood. <laughs> That's always no a bit of levity is always handy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. exactly. I'll be getting those uh, golden bitcoins in my email inbox soon from my Chinese masters. <laughs> Speaking of Chinese masters, Epic Games <laughs> is adding achievements and mod support. That's uh, we we brought it up. We had to continue. So, um, Epic Games, the mega corporation that is behind a, a little uh, independent development game called um, Fortnite. Um, you might have heard of it. Um, it's it's about uh, saving the world by building blocks. Um, and then, oh, oh wait, no, there's a battle royale now. Um, so oh, Epic oops. Games has uh, launched the Epic Game Store about a year and a half ago, I think, right now, almost two years ago. And yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, Epic Games has continued its uh, chase to, to have feature parity with uh, Valve's uh, Steam storefront, which is kind of the, the 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 de facto standard for selling games on PC, so Epic Game Store is getting achievements and mod support. And the first game to get mod support will be Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries, um, which is uh, going to be interesting because it's actually going to be um, in the uh, the through the client. You can actually get the mods directly through the client. Yeah, like, this is something that I feel like is kind of, it's very supplementary to me. It's like, yep, it's doing what Steam does, it's doing, heck, most consoles have achievements built into the system now as well, so it's kind of just, it was going to happen eventually, you know, consoles tend to have mod support now as well, it's just, what happens, you know, I'm unsurprised, and also not exactly impressed i guess i'm not unimpressed it's just i'm just pressed to me to me this is a bigger deal in terms of you know as you said a bit uh steam was the de facto platform for for gaming on pc before mm. everyone had a client like you yep. play like balnet uh, and so on yeah. and to me epic games still having mod support and achievements is big because Especially with with mods, I'm wondering, will they go the Steam route? Wait, wait, does Steam offer mod support? I think it does, but not yes. through the client. Uh, uh, no, it does Steam now. Workshop. Uh, Steam Workshop, yeah. Steam Workshop. Steam, uh, Steam Workshop. Workshop, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether or not uh, Epic will do a similar thing, or maybe we'll go the Bethesda route, which I hope they don't do, and monetize oh. uh, their well, mods. I, which I is... can see, I can see it being... I can see Epic being smarter about monetizing um, mods because uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen, whenever you download or buy a game from Epic, the Epic Game Store, I don't even think anyone buys games there. Everyone just install, gets, free gets the free gets game. Absolutely. But you can actually see, you can put in a little creator tag so that if someone, like a content creator or someone's brought you over to the game, you put in their their code and then you get they get a cut of the, uh, the sale. Oh, okay. So I, I can see Epic being smart about crediting creators and and on, listen, I grew up uh, in 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 a world of 
mods were free every game had mods and stuff and and they were just it was just free there wasn't like maps were free and everything Mm -hmm. like that but i see the argument for monetizing in terms of these creators put in a lot of work we should give them a little bit of money as well but i also see the point of view of like well this isn't an, an official release this is just someone doing this as a hobby like why should i pay them uh, as well so it, it's I, I can see the arguments for both but i'm i'm confident that epic games can find a a balance there just given how disruptive epic games has been to the whole um digital game storefront market yeah. in terms of yeah. you know how much revenue sharing and things like that what do you, what do you guys think yeah i i think look personally speculation i think mods will be free um, I will mm. be surprised if they go the fully paid mod uh, route. route. Um, yep. And I have seen, not a lot, but I have seen mod creators try and get monetization through things like Patreon and things like that to get donations, mm. which is an interesting, you know, it's completely disconnected from the launcher, completely disconnected from uh, the game itself, really, way of monetizing uh, their yeah. work. I don't think that just because it's a hobby, like that's enough of a justification for them not receiving any payment. But at the same time, people who create mods, I don't think necessarily expect to be paid for what they're creating, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think it really depends because in this era of everyone's borrowing from one another, everyone's mixing, remixing, inventing, Mm -hmm. reinventing, you know, you have remakes of Nintendo games like another Metroid 2 remake, which is amazing, but delisted by Nintendo. Or you have mods like the Color Color 2 uh, mod, which is a full restoration of the, the cut content. I think those mods are almost essential to how you play a video game like if i went back to play knights of the old republic 2 i would only play with a mod that restores uh, everything that was cut that didn't make it yeah. in the original release in, in so um, it really depends yeah. that was for koto too on, yeah. on the mod quality yeah 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 so it really depends on the mod quality and, and you know how how much you were uh, you invest in it like mm. if i'm a mod developer i would like to get money hopefully yeah. like if i love a game and I, I, I you know like mountain blade is a, is a good example for mod support i make a, yeah. an amazing game of thrones mod that goes viral i would like to to get some sort of you know recognition yes but also some um, some financial gain you know a bit small you know it's a donation one dollar five dollar i think that we can really add up and change 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 how i how i think about you know uh mod developing so i think that could be really exciting i don't think as you guys said i don't think um epic will do something like this but I, hmm. I would like to see them do more than Steam does and find a way to perhaps do both and say, hey, we acknowledge that there's a lot of work put into this. If you want to pay the creator, do it here. It doesn't even have to be through them, as you guys said, through Patreon. Or this is just a, a weapon skin or whatever, an amateur, an, an amateur mod. You can have it for free. We have a rating system, rate from one to five. And then let yeah. that kind of gestionate uh, you know, itself. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 um, the thing. I think with and, yeah, sorry. 
Yeah, and I want to touch on achievements. Uh, it might not be a big deal for a lot of people, but for me personally, uh, like I'm playing mostly on my PlayStation, mm. and I love going for trophies. I love going for those platinums. I I have almost forty of them, so I'm like I'm really big into that. So, for the the group of people that are really a fan of achievements or trophies or or stuff to so that I can feel like they can get more mileage out of the game, I think that's going to be really important. Like in, uh, for me personally, like playing games on my Switch, I actively sometimes it annoys me that i don't have a trophy list that i just <laughs> oh, to, that, to, oh, to, to psychologically so achieve annoying. right i know I, I, yeah. I know it's a lie i know it's meaningless but it kind of like so like i bought darkest dungeon on ps4 instead of buying in the switch because i was like yeah i want to earn some trophies for this game i, I don't want to suffer through this let's be this, honest this if you game. don't get achievements or trophies it didn't happen all right Exactly. Did it even matter? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the whole point? So I think it's, yeah. So I think it's it's really really important that they they finally yeah. have parity and um, to move those, on. Those to, days are um, gone. Those days of not having achievements are gone. Like you know, if if you went to university and di you didn't get grades or didn't get a piece of paper, you'd be like, screw this. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like, achievements could get me a job. Can I put them on my resume? <laughs> Depends where you're you applying, know, so, mate. <laughs> Like, in some cases, it does, I guess. I don't know. Like, if you're a gaming enthusiast and you approach someone and you're like, hey, look at my trophy list. You know, like, you, well, you have... Look at the amount of, game I play, of games I, I've played. I, I, I remember years ago... Like, this is, a, like, a tangent, but it's kind of related. Um, it was years ago, someone talked about how they were hired from... Hired in a job because they put down the fact that they were in... They played World of Warcraft and that... Um, may not be the HR person, but someone else who was in the interview asked them about, you know, uh, like, you know, what they did in it. And they talked about running a clan and, and leading raids and stuff like that and, and getting a job from that because they could demonstrate, like, the, the person on the other side was savvy enough to understand that um, being able to run events in games and, and lead, a, you know, up to 100 people, like, that requires a lot of skill and those skills are transferable to real life. So I'm not sure if that was... You know if that actually was true. If someone made that up, but I, I believe I, I, I believe that that can happen. So you know what? You never know. No. You might actually uh, your your gaming prowess might manifest in in a job one day. Be right that, back. that isn't obviously yeah. writing about games. Be right back. Just gonna put down. <laughs> it's got it's super weird. There you go. Yeah, it's it's super weird. I read an article on on LinkedIn recently about um, uh, employers testing um, with Minecraft in particular. Mm, so they're mm. using Minecraft to test for team management, for um, building under pressure, uh, stuff like that, which is fascinating to me. So they game, they they're trying to gamify more of the the hiring Jesus process. Christ, I gotta find so these. Like so stuff that like, I can, yeah, I need to apply there. So so stuff like achievements, uh, you know, like maybe not now, but like if you in five years you go like, hey, you know, like I'm really good at Minecraft. <laughs> and they, they 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 just say okay well fine you don't have to do the Minecraft test because you're an expert and it's like well yeah there you go video games you know help you in your in your day to day life yeah <laughs> sorry Zach you what you were saying oh no no it was just like a small joke at the time it's nothing I think I think Jack um not Jack I think <laughs> Zach wants to uh, Jack is Zach's alter ego where he's a Jack, professional yeah. achievement oh, writer absolutely. I think uh, Zach wants to uh, <laughs> I think he wants to uh, turn off this podcast uh get a platinum in every game on his ps4 and then take the ps4 to his next interview and boot it up in the in, in the in the office and show them exactly what oh, it's made of course of. i think that's of course, of course. yeah i'll let jack oh, know i'll let jack know you know with, with, i'll pass the message on 
<laughs> the achievement a- achievement hunting alter ego is a fun story. Uh, I heard you need some achievements hunted. <laughs> I have a whole oh, I'm one platinum in like the easiest game you to know go who platinum call. in because I can't be bothered getting achievements most of the time. It's fucking boring. Oh god. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> I just don't have the patience to sit... I don't yeah, have the patience I, I, yeah, to sit yeah. there and grind out, you know, the same levels or... <laughs> like Persona 5, for example. I was thinking of getting the Platinum for that till I found out you basically have to beat the game three times if you want uh-huh. to get it without doing it super specific. Like, yeah, you three can times, technically yeah, get it yeah, in two yeah. runs, yeah. but you have to be super specific. And it's like, no, that game's 100 hours. I am lazy yeah. as hell. <laughs> they made it much much easier. I have the I don't have the platinum for golden. I'm missing one trophy, which is yep. which is stupid. It will take me 15 hours to do. But in royal, they made it much easier to earn the platinum. So, hey, if you're oh, a Persona oof. fan, after listening to this podcast and you're looking for a sweet platinum, 100 hours of Persona Five will get Actually, you that royal, sweet, so sweet now platinum. Now it's 130 hours because you know just <laughs> why not make a game artificially? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Not bitter at all. Really good game. Vote for it. Game of the year, 2020. I think. I think by the time you finish that game, we would have enough podcast recorded that you could play. There's an out. There's a minute of podcast for every minute Ooh, of game. That's play. that would make it all worthwhile. You know what? No, I take I take everything back. <laughs> that, I'm going after all the achievements. That, that, that would be fun. That would be fun. That that is Let's our personal sweet, sultry plat- tones of our voices. Platinum goal. Towns tones. Oh my god, I can't speak today. Speaking of <laughs> sultry tones and sultry towns, I can't speak today. Oh. One of the one of the biggest games that everyone's been talking about <laughs> is uh, the upcoming uh, release from Insomniac yeah, Games, we'll which same. is about this Spider-Man game for Miles Morales. T- now, like you, Zach, like you, Zach, I originally thought that this was a standalone, uh, like a full-on campaign, but. Insomnia Games later clarified that it was more something like Uncharted Lost Legacy, like a like a standalone epilogue or like a DLC. Standalone. Like a spin-off, kind of. Because yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was the sequel to Insomniac Spider-Man on PS4. I thought it was just the yeah. next game. Like, it was mm. Spider-Man 2 in everything but name. But then it's not, yeah. and then some people were saying it was DLC, and then some people were saying it was a separate game, and now apparently it's got a remaster of the original with it so i have no fucking clue what's going on so just for context um basically the news uh coming over the last week was that a reddit user by the name of seven seven good one two three excellent name i'm gonna name my child uh, (laughs) after that and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask elon musk for his recommendation for the middle name and um basically this user posted an alleged photo of um what is uh, said to be an upcoming printing of uh, the Game Informer magazine. And in the article, there's basically uh, a little quote saying, Miles Morales isn't a traditional sequel since it comes bundled with a remastered version of Insomniac Spider-Man that takes full advantage of the PS5 hardware. Now, Ed, um, there's some clarification since then, um, isn't there? Yes. So the full story by Miles Morales began at the, obviously, the PlayStation showing um, last month, mm, mm. when yep. when news came out that 
uh, Miles Morales is going to be a shorter game than the original, kind of like Lost Legacy, like we said. It's a standalone game yep. to bridge Spider-Man One, as you know now now is re retroactively with the eventual Spider-Man Two, which will be the full-fledged sequel. Because even to me, it's like yeah. I've been following the Insomniac Spider-Man thing for a while because I'm the hugest uh, Spider-Man fan. Uh, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, and I love the game. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, um, this is not going to be Spider-Man 2 because it's going to be in the same engine. Yeah. That is the that is the difference. So they decided that we're going to we should, we should have a holiday release based on that on that, on that game because it's sold like hotcakes. And mm. uh, the problem is now that we don't know whether or not it will come with the original bundled in with the original full campaign. Um, to me, this would make sense because. Um, Spider-Man was always demoed whenever uh, anyone was speaking about the SSD on the PlayStation 5. Like when, uh, if you remember the Cerny demonstration yeah, a few yeah. months ago, they showed Spider-Man. They they spoke about the load time and stuff like that. And even Spider-Man yeah. and, and even last year, yeah, yeah. And, and Spider-Man is, is compromised in terms of um, swinging speed. So there's articles about how yeah. Insomniac deliberately slowed uh, the swinging down in order to uh, process the game, which I think will be a huge yeah. game changer if it comes to the original. So to me, it would make perfect yeah. sense if they brought it uh, with Miles Morales and also give more value to that game, which, you know, so, if Lost Legacy is anything to, to take over, sorry, um, it's probably mm. going to be $40 American. Well, I don't see the, the PS5 remaster of the original Marvel Spider-Man happening straight away with Miles Morales. The reason why I don't see that straight away is because I, I think there's a lot of work to be done understanding the engine to create a new title. Uh, you know, that's that's a whole bunch of new animations and, and stuff like that, right? So I think that remaster could be something that could be more easily done maybe next year to bridge the gap between the full release the year after, right? So traditionally, a lot of developers, like say going from the... like the 360 to the 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 three uh to the xbox one generation basically what a lot of developers did like say for example naughty dog with the re-releases of the last of us and uncharted um is you do a re-release of a previous generation game so that you get you have a you've got a reference point for how the game should uh run and then you've also got the new hardware and you can you can um, learn the new hardware while still keeping a reference point for what you had before, right? So you 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 train your team up on the new hardware, but you, the stakes aren't as high as it would be for a brand new release uh, as they are for a remaster, right? So you train them up with the remaster, you get them all kind of, um, you get used to the new engine, the quirks of the new game and every, uh, the new uh, system, and then a couple of years later, you follow up with a full release. Now, Insomniac seems to be doing it a little bit differently where instead of doing a re-release, a remaster of the of the original game, like doing a standalone DLC means that you don't get people's hopes up to the same extent um, as you would if it was called Marvel, you know, if it was called Marvel Spider-Man 2 colon Miles Morales, you know what I mean? Now, I know, Zach, that we both had the impression that it was a standalone sequel, <laughs> which clearly that messaging didn't come through. And the fact that um, I think it was one of the Sony execs said that, oh, yeah, don't worry. It's like we get, it also, it's also going to come with a remaster of the original game. I think that also kind of muddied the message, uh, so to speak. Yeah, like I actually have a bit of a 
bone to pick, I guess, with it being bundled with a remaster, because I'm sort of worried that they're going to use that as an excuse to basically try and make people buy the same game twice, because, like, the PS5 supposedly is backwards compatible with, they've said, a number of PS4 games, and I'm imagining that one of their... You'd think Spider-Man would be one. Spider-Man would have to be one. It's one of the biggest games on the system that came out yeah, very recently. Last year. Like, surely it would be backwards compatible. Yeah. So, part of me is like, is there really a need for a remastered version? Like, I'm not going to pay full price for a remastered version with basically just an extra so DLC think- pack. And that's what I'm kind of starting to worry. Yeah, we need is clarification. It is. is it is it a remaster as yeah, a like fully reworked? How much, how big... Yeah. Yeah, and how big is the Miles Morales segment? Is it big enough to warrant paying for or is an extra it like, game? Or, or is, is it, it like you know, what Microsoft's doing where you just packs. get like a license to the... Where your license carries over to the new version and it's basically activated on your new system. Um, uh, you were saying, Ed? Yeah, so the thing about Miles Morales is that they've confirmed it will be about six or eight hours long. So kind of like Lost yeah. Legacy or like Left Behind yeah. if we uh, brought up Noyo. Oh, that's, that's shorter is, than, I, than I thought. It is, but it's yeah. half of the campaign. Spider-Man is not a long game in terms of the main story. You know, you can finish that yeah. game. I, I think you can finish in maybe 15, 16 hours. Don't quote me on that. But... Yeah. Um, it's not, but at the... S- but you can also expect them to, to uh, have but, side objectives uh, or, or quests for yeah. you to do. But, so then I, I, I still you know think... They'll maybe be we don't there. need another really long game at the moment. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. it's just at the same time... <laughs> at, at the same time... The price for, like, all the Spider-Man DLC for the full City That Never Sleeps pack, you can get it normally, like, if it goes on sale, it's, like, $15, I think. Don't quote me on that. But it's not expensive, and that DLC totals, at least for me it did, totaled around, you know, 8 to 10 hours, somewhere around there, and I didn't even do everything in it. So part of me is, like, is Miles Morales going to be so much of a new game that I can... if it's full price, that is, yeah. justify paying full price for it. I, I, guess. I yeah. don't think it will be full price because Lost Legacy wasn't full price when, when that when that one came out and Left Behind. But that's what I'm hoping. Left, but left, my worry is that the but, my worry is that the remaster is an excuse for them to make it full price. Yeah, and, yeah. and here, here's my sense. defense. Here's my hmm. defense with um, I might be a Spider-Man PS4 apologist, but here's my defense f- for why for me personally, for example, that would make sense because I would get to play the original in 60 FPS and 4K, and that would for me uh, significantly change the game to whether I would want to buy it again because we don't know. Sony yeah. hasn't announced that all the games that may may be coming to PS5 that are playable now on PS4. Um, will be enhanced or not? Like Xbox is for sure yeah. doing this in select cases with updates, I, but you might. Uh, I whereas, doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Yeah, me too. Whereas you <laughs> will be able to play, for example, God of War from 2018, the same year. There's no mm. indication yet as if you'll be able to. It, it will. It will play better on on PS5. And for me, yeah. Spider-Man is, you know, PlayStation's fastest selling game, I think, this generation. I think yeah. it might be of all time. Yeah. And to me, if there's one game that warrants, uh, you know, a glow up for PS5 with Miles Morales, that is Marvel Spider-Man PS4. I think that that's the one. If, if you I would, yeah. launch PS5 mm. with Miles Morales, I think that's, that's an exceptional get. That and yeah, Ratchet like, & Clank, that, that would be, I think, enough for most people. Yeah. And yeah, like mm. personally, I still like just 
don't really see how much better like the game would have to be a lot better then again i've never really cared that much about playing games you know 60 fps and things like that for me it's like if the game is fun i don't actually notice it at all and i feel like spider-man on ps4 runs like i've never had any problems with it running i've never noticed a low frame rate so that's probably because it was a solid it was a solid 30 Whereas the if whole you way went, through, yeah. if yeah, if it was kind of like fluctuating between thirty and sixty, you'd probably be, you would probably be saying, you know what, it does need that, that boosted treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So Whereas, so again, like, for me, mm. yeah. Sorry, it comes down to the speed. Yes, like you, you said, there's there's nothing you, you know you, you don't see in terms of running well. I'm not saying it will run worse or better on PS5. I hope it will run in 60 FPS. But for me, it's about what they can unlock in terms of game design. I remember mm. playing uh, Spider-Man on my PS4 Pro and then having to stop every every few neighborhoods to just like load in the next section, like like just two three seconds for yeah. it to load. And Spider-Man isn't as fast as I want him to be. Like I, I recently yeah. played Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube and I was like, wow, he's so fast. This is great. This is wonderful. Um, he's much slower in, in, in on the PS4 version because there's some hardware limitations there. So if you know, they yeah. can showcase the power of the PlayStation 5 by saying, look, in 2018, this was what we were capable of on the PlayStation 4 Pro. It's 2020 on the PS5. We're capable of this at 60 FPS, and now it doesn't have to load. Now Spider-Man is, you know, significantly faster. I think Spider-Man I think is a 2019 that them. release. No, it's uh, September 2018. Was that 2018, really? Yeah. Wow. No, no, 1st of July. Oh, no, that's far from home. Never mind. Damn you, Google. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is Spider-Man release in, in 2019 damn. for sure, yeah. Oh, you... How many Spider-Mans do you want, Sony? There's a um, lot of damn oh, Spider-Mans so out there. Spider-Man, please. I want so Spider-Verse Spider-Man. is meant to come out next year, apparently. Too many Spider-Mans. Uh, no, and 2022 you know what? Spider-Verse. Oh, oh, 2022? Oh, I thought no, it was 2022. Well, it means we'll get trailers next year, hopefully, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully. Um, trailers, it's actually just going to be the entire cast with a green screen behind them sitting in front of a Zoom call or something. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's oh, it's okay. <laughs> the, the, it's voice yeah, acting. For they don't need to act in person as much. I mean, they still need studios. Yeah. <laughs> we can make it all work in post. Um, uh, you know what? You know what would make me pay full price for Miles Morales is... Even if it didn't come with um, a re- remaster of the peer- of, of the original, I would happily pay for like a 4K HDR crazy version of the movie Ooh, that it was yeah. of Spider Verse. Like I would, I would yeah. definitely pay put for the, that. Put the Spider Verse soundtrack in Miles in Spider Man Miles Morales, and I would play the crap out of that. I would pay a hundred on I, I love that movie. I, I, I 100% this is a promise I make on this podcast. Viewers, listeners, uh, viewers, listeners, quote me on this. If Spider-Man Miles Morales at one point doesn't have the Spider-Verse Miles costume... Oh, it'll have the costume. Dead, you know. Like, I, I'm willing yeah, to, to bet dead. everything. It will have... No. It yeah, will have I, the you costume. You will find a way to return a digital game. The real question is, will it have his crappy costume from before he gets his actual one when he's just wearing... Oh, that's the one you got That is a true question. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, has yeah. to have that. It has to. That is that is compl- yeah. that they need to. Uh, if there was a like say a steelbook edition of the game, and on the cover of it was Miles Morales in the crappy costume, that's gold. That is the that yeah. is gold. That's we what that. that's everything I look for in Spider Man. <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I think I think even the soundtrack will be more Spider Verse if you listen to the to the reveal. Like they had the the Jaden yeah, song, sorry. and I think that yep. that follows suit and and into the the Spider Verse aesthetic. Uh, my yeah. my main hope is that you know they'll have a lot of suits for Miles that he'll be fl- uh, you know fleshed out because Spider Man Two I actually expect it to be where a game where you either control both at the same time in some way co-op I don't know or get to change between them. So I'm curious to see how how in does Insomnia go with Miles Morales, because I think he's, he's oh, here yeah, to he's stay. He's absolutely going uh, to be Spider-Man a character in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would be so surprised. 100%. And, 100%. Yeah. Playable character, yeah. I would be yeah. extremely surprised if yeah. he wasn't. Look, I, I haven't played the original, but um, I, I'm looking forward to playing that. And Miles Morales is like probably one of my favorite characters in Marvel. So for me, I'd, I'd definitely love to see... I'd uh, love to see uh, Miles Morales get a bit more spotlight in in the in the full quote unquote full. Uh, yeah, like because in too. the in the main like in Spider Man PS4, he didn't actually have that much outside of the DLC. Like he had some sections. He played as him a little bit for some like stealth section. Um, and he yeah, had you, you, he you had play as him, sto- but he had like a story, it. but yeah. it was very much in the background. Spoilers. Spoilers. I'm not saying not too what much. happens, but then once you like in the okay, DLC, good, he's thank you. sort of brought in a bit more uh you see him a bit more he has actual conversations with peter parker which is a change of pace from the main game where they don't really interact that much yeah well in the original he's not spider-man yeah now he is spider-man or at least said to become spider-man exactly i just like seeing i just like to see more of him yeah that was in the trailer we can we can say that (laughs) yeah absolutely but um yeah we'll see and you know there were there were concerns online I, i saw some concerns about it being short um, we'll, we'll just have yeah, to like see. I'm not worried if it's short means. as yeah. long as it's yeah. really good. That's true. Pretty much. And different enough from I think it will Spider-Man be. PS4 I think it's to very make smart it of... feel worthwhile like a new sort of game. Like, I hope Miles isn't just Peter Parker with two new abilities it probably or won't something be. like that. That'd be kind of boring. So, so I, I fully expect it to be Spider-Man PS4 set in December, snow, everything awesome, maybe a revamped uh, trick system and then add the Venom Strike and call it a day. I don't, I don't think they have the time because they, they, they worked on... Maximum the, the, Spider. Yeah, they, weren't, they worked on Spider-Man PS4, released it in <laughs> September 2018. The DLC yeah. until December and it's been one year and a half since they stopped working on the original game so they don't have the time to, to have this you know, very ambitious, yeah. very pro- promising sequel. Especially the brand new system. Um, yeah. trying to make an older engine work on the new system so I, I yeah I, I agree but uh, Insomniac you know being a very very valuable studio for Sony at the moment Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man for PS5 incredible purchase there that's right that, I mean the same studio is working on two major uh, uh, games so that's that's, that's going to be very tough now Spider-Man is probably everyone's favourite uh, <laughs> bug but uh, there are some bugs that are really not that good, and they are infesting the Martian moon of Deimos in Warframe. This is peak segue right here. Oh. That was perfect. You had there's, there's, there's a plan. There's, there's a rule. There's a rule in podcasting, which is <laughs> yeah. This I, was I, this was note number one. No. <laughs> Are you, talking, yes. are you saying that I spent the last hour and a half are just waiting Are you saying that you didn't? Because yeah, if you didn't, I'm actually I deny it. I firmly deny it. <laughs> my, are you questioning my I am questioning your ability to segue. Okay. Warframe, Warframe. Serious. So, in all seriousness, 
<laughs> in all, in all, in all, uh, there is there is a, a spoken like a, a like an established rule in podcasting. Whenever there's a yep. segue coming, you have to call out the segue. Uh, it can never be allowed to happen <laughs> in peace. That's just like a rule. At least once an episode, they call someone <laughs> out for segues. Uh, as as people in the audience um, may or may not know, Ed is a uh, a massive uh, player of. Warframe. Um, we did you catch the? That's an expectations. You, massive. Ah well, you're 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 a bigger you're a bigger fan than I am. So you've you've dabbled in the in the ways of the Tenno. Uh, so for those of you who weren't catching the announcement live, Digital Extremes, the developer behind Warframe, held its annual TennoCon conference, uh, celebrating all things Warframe, and uh, this week, uh, just over the weekend. Um, Digital Extremes announced the new expansion for Warframe, which is um, called Heart of Deimos, and it takes place on the Martian moon of the same name. Um, the uh, basically the the premise is that you're you're headed to the the Martian moon, and it's where the the infestations are the the, the kind of um, the 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 bug you know swarm bad guys have kind of almost completely consumed the uh, the once um, prosperous kind of moon where uh, a lot of people were delving into the, the, the mysterious world of the void powers. Um, and it's going to be another open world setting like um, what was featured in Plains of Adalon. So there is going to be a, a section that takes place above ground and sections that take place below ground with kind of a uh, randomly generated caverns that'll change from um, instance to instance. So, um, did you ha- have you? What do you think about the announcement? So I didn't get to catch it live, but I saw I saw the I read the articles written in the wake of it, and mm. everything I see just keeps uh, you know is very promising. Uh, anything and mm. everything I hear from the Warframe team over there, Digital Extremes is incredible and they've supported this game if you remember this was a ps4 launch title uh, i think mm. uh, if, yeah it definitely sure. was yeah, available it was very yeah definitely very w- early, was available yeah. short shortly after ps4 release so the fact that they you know it's been what seven years since the ps4 came out and they're still you know doing stuff like this uh, you know yep uh, i'm i'm all aboard i'm i'm very excited i will be playing it and mm. i'm not you know i'm not that interested in uh, particularly like um what the gameplay changes are going to be except for the fact i want to know if this is going to be available on next gen more than anything now as everyone is yeah. making the transition yeah no, no uh, announcement I wanna, made I, yeah i i'm yeah. i'm more uh, keen to hear how is warframe going to transition from uh, from mm. one gen to the other how are yeah. we making the jump with with the with warframe the game because like games like destiny are making this transition games yeah. you know uh Games like I'm assuming Final Fantasy uh, 14 Online are making this transition. Fantasy Star Online 2 is making this transition. How is Warframe? Not an MMO, but still, you know, a game that is uh, in the same uh, vein as the ones I've mentioned. How are we going mm. to make this transition? Yeah, so that, that's that's the that's that's still kind of the the question mark. Like, like I think Digital Extremes has discussed next generation versions of the game but hasn't given any specifics about what to expect from the versions but uh, one thing i do do like is that uh, the the 
Digital Extremes has talked for the last couple of years about, you know, updating the quote-unquote new uh, player experience, you know, getting new players acquainted with the extensive, you know, lore, gameplay, loops, um, abilities, and, and things involved with Warframe. So uh, that is set to also debut alongside the expansion, which is expected, uh, which is, uh, expected for a release on August 25th around the world so um april sorry august 26th here in australia so i think that's i don't know maybe destiny might have to uh might i might have to put destiny aside for a couple of weeks and check out um oh yeah for check sure out. we should play it <laughs> yeah i i, I don't i'll be happy to give it a try um that that's it that's if um rocket league hasn't taken over the double jump staff room oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> rocket, rocket league is free now isn't i love it? that game i'm so yeah. ready i'm it's so gotta ready be free i have the platinum Speaking of oh, platinum, I have the platinum for that. <laughs> but, oh, that's uh, yeah, Warframe, excellent game. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for more. I think they're gonna crush yeah. it as they have. Yeah, and there's gonna be uh, uh, three new uh, Warframes. Um, one named uh, Zaku, the Alchemist, and Wraith, which I believe was um, originally uh, kind of drawn up by a. a a creator from the community who now works at Digital Extremes, funnily enough. That's super cool. Um, yeah, and there's going to be a new uh, vehicle type called the Necromech, which is, which is uh, sounds like, it's like piloting a Gundam in a way. It sounds like that in Hell the Warframe yes. universe. That, exactly. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the ability to uh, interact in what's called the Helminth uh, room in, in, in the ship that you get um, that lets you uh, get uh, new abilities. Like you can actually feed it, quote unquote, feed it your warframes so that you can transfer abilities to new warframes, which is uh, which is going to be very very interesting. <laughs> oh, that's um, yeah. That honestly, that seems like a pretty big change. So even though I'm not a warframe player, I, I can tell that that's a pretty big change. Look, I have... Yeah, because imagine if, like, an, an... You go. Ooh. Yeah, imagine, like, as if in, in Destiny, you, you would be able to, to change... Um, I, I, wait, are you able in Destiny to change skills from one class to another? I know there's subclasses in Destiny. No. But not no, able so to, in between you, classes. Well, if your character has its skills, then you can't take those skills to another character. Oh yeah, well, in, in Warframe, what they're doing is is exactly that. Where you'll be able to take yeah. skills from uh, from characters to, to another. Essentially, the Warframe, the the the, the suit you're you're wearing, you're, you're using. Mm. Sorry, Zach. Oh, I was just going to say that I know nothing about Warframe really, but I was looking at some of the uh, some of the <laughs> things that they're adding and some of the updates, and some of those mechs look cool as shit, dude. They look so amazing, cool. <laughs> and it's already like. It's already a game where you're basically a ninja in space. I'm you are the sold. Gundam to that. You are the mech to that. Like, ninja yeah. space mechs with a <laughs> Gundam? I'm sold. How have I not played this game yet? Hell that's... yeah, we should play it. We should play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I think, I think that's our calling um, for, the, the, for the end of the month is to, to check this out. <laughs> yeah, Warframe streams coming at you sometime yep. soon. Yep, uh, you've heard it here first. Um, Ed and Zach have committed to uh, doing a Warframe stream every uh, Wednesday. Actually, they're kicking me out. I'm getting kicked off. Um, Warframe Wednesday is coming. Hashtag Warframe Wednesday. Warframe Wednesday, Wednesdays, yeah. So. <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely, definitely. Uh, <laughs> or maybe Frame Fridays. We'll have to have frame a chat with Lucas. Frame Fridays. Let's see. We could, like just do it all, we could just do it I like, like that. you know, 
48 hour Warframe weekend. Every day, <laughs> Every day yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Basically, we'll, we'll call it zero Ooh. to hero, and, and our job is to become pro esports athletes oh within a weekend. Um, we can do it. I, I believe in do this. not, but I'll go with it anyway. <laughs> we'll <try our> best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, that's that's something that I, I I would really love to do a charity stream one day. I don't know how we're going to coordinate it, but I'd definitely love to do that. I would 100% love to just like go into Warframe with no information and try to figure it out and have everyone laugh. That'd be great. I would very much enjoy That'd laughing at you trying to figure out Warframe. Yeah, we should coordinate for a... <laughs> Even though I have no idea what's going on, I'd laugh at you anyway. We, we should eventually... That's, You're very oh, welcome. Thank you. That's yes, empathy. I understand That's empathy. your pain yeah, yeah, and exactly. I'm going to laugh at it. Yeah, we should eventually... <laughs> yes. What we was that, eventually Ed? coordinate a, a charity stream. I would very much like to, to do that, that either with Rocket League or Warframe, something like that. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, there are a lot of, um, you know, I'd love to do a stream and help out some kids out there who, you know, are in very tough situations right now. So that would, that would maybe, maybe that'll be something that we'll do. Um, especially if 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 everyone at home would would love to see that happen. That would, we would definitely love to make that happen. Um, another thing that another person wants to make happen is fix uh, fix anthem. I, I don't know what to say. I feel like the people who who've played Anthem, and I know Ed, you're you're among the ranks of that that hearty group. Um, what do you think about Bioware's plans to fix the loot system in, in in Anthem? In my opinion, it is too little, too late, because um, the ships kind of sailed on Anthem for me. I think uh, you know the ships sailed for many other people as well. Um, our hopes going in with Anthem, I remember them, them speaking at length about it, was that, you know, we're going to take after the Destiny model, everything you love from Destiny will be also present in Anthem, you know, they, they quoted Anthem even now in, in, in the new plans, and um, whereas I'm hopeful that they will, they will do their best, you know, Bioware, uh, I think this is Austin, who also worked on Old Republic, the MMO, is helming the the changes to to Anthem. I do think they will eventually make something good. Uh, whether or not it will be a comeback story, I don't know. I think that by the time they're done outlining outlining all of their changes, I think we won't care anymore because we'll have Halo, we'll have Destiny, we'll have all of these other things that are competing directly with it, and yeah. it's yep, harder. Like in our well, conversation Warframe's with Hello. kind of Warframe's who knows with, with, with the way Warframe's going like it'll probably take like those mechs could have a lot of the features that the suits in Anthem yeah. you know the abilities that, that those had like you want to um, be Iron Man how about an Iron Man Iron imagine Man Iron Man yes. with a ninja suit that's that's what we want yeah I mean you can you can actually do that in, in Anthem as well if, if your player is a particular class but um, yeah. I'm, I'm worried I'm worried that, but then you have to you know, play they, Anthem yeah exactly which again I, I started pl- <laughs> I started playing harsh, it but... I, I started playing it and I was like oh this is this isn't so bad and then you realise that it's not necessarily the loot system that's broken it's just that there's not much to do the loot system is broken yep. and there is a problem but the, uh, there's not a lot of content there I even finished it I don't know how I managed that but I finished it and at the end I was like well the- I really enjoyed flying around mm. But other than that, I'm not thrilled to, to yeah. be even returning to that world. I'm kind of done at this point. It it it, it always it 
came across as th- that Anthem had the foundations, like the ingredients for a really good engaging game, but the content wasn't there to carry people through uh, seasons of, you know, like, of, of like, you know, months of other games coming out and doing updates. Like, Anthem just couldn't sustain its player base. Yeah, and even with the updates that they did make, they had a Christmas update recently that was kind of dead on the water. I kind of checked in on that, and it it, it was kind of dead. It, it, it's kind of sad to look at it and say, "Hey, Anthem, are you alive?" And the answer is no, because we're working on the next big thing. And whereas I think it's ambitious that they're outlining, you know, plans for the future. Anthem now is a dead game. They're not updating it currently, and in terms of like the current build yeah. that is is online. So they exactly. like look forward to the future, but currently there's no updates that are coming on a day-to-day basis for for what's what's available now. So like yeah, with Halo, like, it's 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 much harder like, to get people to return. Look, Final Fantasy from, fourteen from the, kind of told me get-go. to never say never in terms yeah. of these things because that game if when it goes first came out was just completely dead, uh, and they managed to somehow revive that with a good old That's Phoenix true. down to That's the entire true. system. Um, and they brought that back and they've been maintaining yeah. it since, but at the same time, that feels like sort of lightning in a bottle. I don't think it's going to be able to happen. Like it's not yeah. reliable. And... Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a huge overhaul. I mean, I mean, I mean, Destiny had the problem where there wasn't enough content in the end game, and and but Bungie kind of learned from that and 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 improved things as the years went on. But I don't think, I don't know if that's a problem that Bioware had or like uh, Jason Jason Schreier from Kotaku now at um, I think he's now at Bloomberg. Um, basically, did an expose talking about the the trouble development of it, and it it kind of echoed what happened a lot with um, Mass Effect Andromeda, where there was a lot of changes happening and a lot of like things not being set in concrete, and and on top of that, issues with uh, like ad- working with the Frostbite engine. Um, it just seemed like EA didn't set the game up to succeed in the first place, and and Casey Hudson leaving Bioware probably probably didn't help um the whole situation because he, he was kind of like the whether you like the direction or not at least you had a direction to work off and if you don't have that i think you, you get a game like anthem where it's kind of like a, a kind of a, a bit of everything but nothing really excels um i remember the original like gameplay demo that was showed off and it looked really cool but that was kind of it to the game. Like there wasn't really much more than that from what I could, what I was hearing and, and seeing. Yeah. And it's with Anthem. I'm, I think a recovery for Anthem would kickstart a new era of Bioware because you look at Bioware and everyone's down on it currently with Mass Effect, with Anthem itself. And if they're able to, uh, to pull out Dragon a Age. good, yeah, if they're able to pull out a good Dragon Age, a good Mass Effect, and then revamp Anthem, I think that will be the start of us looking at Bio again as one of the top studios in the business today. I really hope yeah. that they do, but it's going yeah. to be difficult for them to, to, to achieve and, and, and you know, Kotor, fixing Anthem. Not KOTOR, sorry. The Old Republic, the, the MMO, kind of had a shaky start as well, but Bioware really hit its stride after a couple of years there. So that was just... Um, that was really like a good turnaround there so it can be done 
but it's it's 2020 and players have a lot of games to to work off like i mean we talked about warframe and, and warframe's free to play and is such has so much in the game itself that the problem is opposite where there's so much to do um that you you just can't find the time to do everything whereas anthem you can probably f- i mean ed how like you, you got through the content eventually right yeah, I finished the entire game. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I I initially wanted to do one hundred percent and get the the platinum, of course, but um, I finished the story in maybe like twenty ish hours, yeah. and by the end I was just like, oh god, I just want to be done. I'm just doing it to, to reach the end, and yeah. I, I, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the kind of game where, like, at the beginning, you're like, oh, wow, I'm having fun. I don't know why, why the reviewers are so negative on it. And then as you put the, you know, as you go past the five-hour mark, six-hour mark, seven hours, you're like, oh, I kind of get it now. So, like, it's yeah. fun to, to fly around in a, you know, in a nylon suit or be a space ninja or whatever. It's fun to shoot things. But yeah. you reach but a point where seemed, you're like... Like, one of the annoying things in the is that you can do all this like you have so many abilities but then you're limited by energy and overheating and stuff it's like yeah just let me do the damn thing i want to do and you know for me i love bioware i love mass effect too you know i love knights of the old republic one of my favorite games of all time to me the appeal of a bioware game is a story it is the context and whereas anthem has the 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 semblances of a story you know uh, i think it has a uh, it has a fascinating (laughs) premise if you look at it but it's (laughs) semblance of a story yeah well that's the best thing i can say about it (laughs) having played with like if you asked me today like what's one character in that world i wouldn't be able to tell you if you asked me about mass effect i would be able to you know tell you the the scenarios the characters that you know uh have have grown attached to me um yeah but yeah like that's the thing i mean it's not an anthem like i'd probably say mass effect uh, I'd say the original Mass Effect is probably my favorite game ever. It's just because of you know I can remember I can remember the music of each planet. I can remember the 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 names of the planets. I can remember the characters. I remember so much from that game. It's just because the the way the Bioware made a complete experience in that game um, that I and and it made you care. Whereas I don't think. Anthem had anything to really make you care about staying within that world and 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 push through the drought. Well, like you know, again comparing to Destiny because it's the easiest comparison um, for you, Abir. What 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 about Destiny makes you care? Are you invested in the story and or characters, or are you in there just you know to see the numbers go up, or is that is that enough for you in Destiny? Um, uh, good question. Good question. For me, it is. I am one hundred percent invested in the like the lore, the world of it. I mean, obviously, the gameplay is fantastic. It is a bungee game after all, and the shooting and and the uh, everything about it is just fantastic in terms of gameplay. But for me, the lore is really, really important to me. Um, I, I've written about this previously, where I think the lore is what makes you come back to the game when you get bored of the. The, the repeated tasks and stuff like that. You want to see your. You want to see what happens next. You want to see things, threads get connected, and and things like that. Like for me, like I'm, 
I consider myself like I play there's three classes in the game you know your hunter is your classic assassin type character your your DPS your your warlock is kind of like your magician you know what I mean can heal and and support and things like that as well and then you've got your titan which is like your tank um, which is the class that I play and for me like I've always played like even going back to Halo 1 I've always played as the dumb tank who just runs and punches everything so <laughs> for me like I I manifest I, I I identify myself as a Titan and like I would get a tattoo of the symbol for Titans that's how much I'm nice. engrossed in the, the lore of it so it, it really does strike strike a chord with me and that's why I keep going back to Destiny week after week is because there's so much in there and there's so much I haven't even touched and with Anthem I, I never really got the sense that there was that um, that kind of that world like it's a world you want to get lost in it, it i didn't get the sense of that and it the the game came out i think it came out in early 2018 and even by yeah, that yeah, point January, in time February. destiny 2 was out um you know warframe was out people were already connected to games mm-hmm. I, I think ea i think ea tried to do the ubisoft thing of supporting a game afterwards but it didn't have the it didn't have the faith in the game, so that's why like the development was kind of stalled very early, like comparatively. Yeah, and and again, as you say, you know, it's it's one of like like Destiny, like Warframe. It really is a lot of investment. Like, if you want to mm. get the most out of it, you really have to put the time in. And exactly. most people can only afford to have one or two max of of those yeah. types of games. And when there's already so many other games that are vying for your attention and they're more attractive, like Warframe, like Destiny, like potentially like Halo, Anthem needs to be something special in order to 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 have you coming back for more. Especially exactly. after a, a bad first impression. Exactly, but just coming back to the news, um, just quickly, let, let, let's. I'll I'll just quickly go over what um, uh, the studio director at Bioware, Austin Christian Daly, um, set out in in his blog post. Um, basically, the 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 main points was that uh, the respect of players' time, so in, increasing how many drops there are of different loot and that more loot is going to be viable more often and that you're not feeling like you're just getting like trash that you're just going to you know break down and just get like uh, um like just like your materials out of uh number two which is to embrace choice for players so um you can you can basically target the loot that you're looking for rather than relying solely on you know randomness um and you can also re-roll um some of your equipment to get the right, um, you know, stats that you're looking for there. Um, and number three, which is to create a rewarding loot experience, uh, is that, you know, when you do find loot, it's going to be, you know, actually exciting, which is probably um, part of that, you know, addictive formula that Destiny really, uh, Destiny and Warframe and stuff get right, um, is, is, is that. Um, number four, which is to keep the game accessible and immediate. So you know not having to jump through different like unnecessary menu menus to equip um and look at loot which is which is always a good thing destiny learned that kind of the hard way in some ways um and that making the stat the kind of the stats for each character a bit more obvious to the player which is not really um i think that's something that players have pointed out as an issue with that game as well um and then oh yeah for sure yeah, I mean you you you've you've played it so you'd know. And also and lastly would be talking about the reliability of the equipment and the rewards that people get. So, um 
uh, just because a, a, a an item didn't have the inscriptions you needed meant that it was basically trash. So yeah. you you would basically feel like you wasted your time getting it. So and that the equipment you were getting wasn't necessarily the best equipment. So you just keep holding on to what you had previously, I guess. Yeah, it's I don't know, like everything I I, I see that I want to change is good, sounds good. It, they they are making the changes that I I want them um, to implement. Would it bring you back? The, loo- the looting system. No, that 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 was my point. Like loot systems in any looter shield, like Destiny, like Anthem, are your ways to progress. Uh, is is how the progression system is is baked in. And if there's nothing to mm. progress to, like story content, I'm not going to be interested. Maybe I'll yeah. jump back in for a few matches of PvP or just like wander around, but I'm not going to be in for the long haul. Um, yeah. Um, you know, this is a good first step. You know, yeah. uh, you know, going back at the fundamentals of what makes the game fun. This is a good first step, but I want to see Anthem have you know the ambition of a Destiny, which it probably never will, if I'm to be honest. But you yeah. know, for for players who I, I don't think there are many, but you know, I, I would be interested to see how is the Anthem fan base doing right oh now? God. How is the Anthem subreddit yeah. doing now? How are they coping? <laughs> Why are they saying? Oh, how I don't want to be, how... be in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, how many players are active in Anthem daily or like weekly or whatever? Like, I, what do they think? Because I'm not, you know, for me it was a kind of like, uh, uh, it was a kind of game where I'm like, I went in, played for 20 hours, and I'm out. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm probably not going to go back to it. Nothing but to keep for people you in there. who are like, yeah, this is I my got game. Anthem I didn't for get free Anthem and I don't regret with that. With my choice. graphics card and I never installed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, I yeah, just like, I, I don't I even want to waste my time. I got I got Anthem with EA Access. Yeah, that was, that oh, was okay. my way in. Yep. I I got it to play FIFA because I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll play. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, pay, yeah, I'll pay three quid to play FIFA. And I was like, how about I check out Anthem? You know, I love Bioware. I know it's you know, I, I've heard it's bad, but like, how bad can it mm. be? Yeah. 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 Yep. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Um, I I cancelled my pre-order of Mass Effect Andromeda just because that Oof, didn't seem appealing yeah. as well. So I I don't see. I think Bioware is in a really bad spot right at the moment, and the fact that EA is not really getting behind its online games. Like I mean, uh, most recently EA announced that it's stopping active development for Battlefield Five, um, which you know Battlefield Six hasn't been announced yet and may not come out this holiday season. So yeah, I think. So you've got a year and a half of your one of your most fervent communities not being given any new content. Like if that's how you're treating a game that actually was doing decently, why what do you, why is there any faith? Why should anyone have any faith that you're going to look after a game that no one liked? Yeah, we'll uh, uh, we'll see. Oh, EA, EA. That, oh, that EA. I think we, yeah, EA. Oh, what you doing, man? <laughs> What are you? What are you doing? We need to have a, We need to have a chat. They're making skate. Yep, that's gonna save EA. That single-handedly has to save it. That looks good. Squadrons looks very uh, that, good. If we're talking yeah, about that multiplayer. Would be any Battlefield fans looking for some aerial combat, go yep. to Squadrons. I think that's gonna be good. <laughs> and then six months later, when the game is not supported anymore, then move on. Yeah, that, we're gonna cry about it, but oh, that's it. Yeah, they're, there'll be something else. They're gonna get our money and run with it. Uh, so that that'll do it for the um, that'll do it for the uh, the new section.
um, for this week, which uh, man, there was there was a lot to discuss there. So I, th- I think we 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 did a fair job of dense news. Yeah, getting through all of that, um, and it wasn't even any major like game announcements or anything like that besides Warframe. So that that's uh, imagine when we start getting all those uh, in- announcements again. Oh, I'm that's gonna forward. be fun. I'm waiting for the next Nintendo Direct. That thing should be dense. The next proper one. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's going to be all Bakugan, all Yu-Gi-Oh, all <laughs> 90, like all Yu-Gi-Oh, early 2000s storybacks. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. I don't know, Yeah, mate. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm, I, I want my okay, Beyblades. No, I have not touched Yu-Gi-Oh Bakugan since I was so, like so. seven, and I don't think I even touched them then, but hey, I'm open so to I new ideas. Remember. I distinctly remember playing Bakugan, and I loved it as a kid. There's there's a child somewhere that has a Switch that saw their announcement and was like, hell yeah, I'm thrilled. And I'm, you know, more power to that one kid. Like, I'm excited yeah. for him or her. Like, I, yeah, because that, that was kind of the... Like, that came out after, like, Battle Gear or whatever. There were, like, And then after... That was... That came after... Um, what is it uh like beyblade and that came after Yu-Gi-Oh, and then you know all this stuff right so like it's just the other toy craze i don't know uh you know i'm sure there's a lot of people really psyched by that nintendo like mini direct but i I don't think we were among them i'm gonna i'm (laughs) gonna stand by my excitement until yeah we knew it was going to be short also we knew it was only going to be games we already knew about and we still got a surprise so i'm happy (laughs) <laughs> yeah that and in terms of the, in terms of the future just just looking ahead for a sec um playstation is rumored to have something massive either this week or next week for ps5 detailing systems price xbox is apparently also making new uh, moves this this month if not at a separate event gamescom is going to be big so i think august mm. will have uh, something to look out for for sure yeah that's that's not too long not too long now not too long which is good yeah maybe uh, on the thinking, next yeah. podcast maybe, uh, maybe we'll be discussing playstation news already so who knows <laughs> uh so, oh yeah so crush gear turbo is the is the the um the the craze that came after Yu-Gi-Oh in australia that was the one the what never heard of it never yeah, heard I, of I th- it. Uh, it i don't think it lasted very long on tv um yeah, it's basically like Beyblades. You got these like kind of motorized vehicles. Chuck them in the arena, they fight. That was pretty much yeah. Right. Pretty much Beyblades like, are cooler. That was that was <laughs> yeah. kind of the Yu-Gi-Oh 5D. St- you guys I remember st- Yu-Gi-Oh on the bikes? Oh, you guys remember that? Oh my god, no. That was Yu-Gi-Oh what? 5D. So like, no, I never, I never actually got Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, so Crash Course, Yu-Gi-Oh the original. Then is that GX after GX? About this academy. Okay. Yeah, after the GX, you have 5D, which they're all like on these like bikes. I remember I, I was almost at the age where I, I got bored of Yu-Gi-Oh! So I, I didn't watch m- uh, much of it, but they are D-wheels. on bikes and it's like this post-apocalyptic oh, wow. world and it's it's like super edgy, but like oh, it's not a card game. <laughs> it is a card game, but, but the appeal <laughs> is that you're, you're, you're driving a bike at the same time as you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! But oh, I can't play God. or drive a bike, so what do I do then? <laughs> Oh my god! Are you um you get one of those ride sharing services, but it's actually a bike one. Ooh, can I ride yeah. in one of the little side carts the motorcycles have? I don't know what they're called. I also don't like motorcycles, but um, I'll do it anyway just so for the aesthetic. Oh my god! Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, and and GX. I, yeah, I I tapped out like 
um, at Yu-Gi-Oh. I think that was when I was getting into like later in high school, and then yeah, um, yeah, that was not me anymore. But I did play it. I did play it at like high school, even even like couple of years, first couple of years of high school. I did try and play it, but um, that oh, man, um, yeah. If you actually, I, I'm I'm proper otaku in, in that way. Yeah, I I was. I, more... I actually have it tattooed on my neck. That's that's how much of nice. an otaku I am. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I was more into the Pokemon card game, and then moved on to Magic: The Gathering for a bit, and then just kind of just kind of stopped yeah. playing card Respect. games. They got too expensive. Yeah. Well, do you fair play enough, like Hearthstone enough. and stuff? No, I I played Hearthstone for a year or so, and then just kind of just wasn't that interested in it. Like I preferred the physical cards for Magic, but also I preferred like I didn't want to yeah. pay for them. So I just kind of stopped playing and all my friends just kind of stopped playing because yeah. all of us didn't want to pay for them anymore. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. But content that you don't have to pay for is the excellent content that we put out here Yay. on doublejump.co. Uh, we've, we've had a, a, a bumper week of content. That was a, such a good segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a pretty good again, segue, yeah. Again, again. So... Um, basically, uh, we had five big stories go up uh, last week, and the first one that went up um, shortly after last week's podcast uh, recording was, Ed, your recap of the Xbox Game Showcase. Uh, what were yep. your main takeaways from that? So my main takeaway after watching the show and of the articles, which you can find live now on Double Jump, um, mm-hmm. I'm pissed about Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> Uh, as someone yep. that loves Square uh, Enix and loves Dragon Quest, I was like, so I'm not going to buy uh, the Definitive Edition on Switch because I 100% know it will come on PS4 at some point. So I was like, you know mm. what? I'm waiting. Um, wonderful news. Uh, 11S Definitive Edition is coming to Xbox, which has the yep. uh, orchestral tracks, has all the additional story content, has the 2D content. And mm. also coming to PS4, but it's a port of the Switch version, so it won't look as good as the one we already have on on PlayStation 4, which is very disappointing. Mm. We will ha- be playing it, and they, it will be upraised, but the, the texture quality isn't there. So I'm kind of annoyed that Square Enix, you know, kind of let us all down. Other than that, yeah. in terms of Microsoft stuff, very excited for Fable. As you guys have discussed also last week, I'm excited for that. My game of the show was Everwild, but my major takeaway... Yeah, from Rare Studios. My major takeaway from the entire conference was Game Pass. As we've discussed in in this Mm. podcast, Microsoft Mm. is making moves with Game Pass. They very recently rebranded it, um, and I think that is going to be... They're dropping the Xbox from that. Yeah, that Mm. is going to be the, uh, you know... Making making the news oh, and making headlines for, for years to come. It's, so it's the best, for, probably for the best deal. It's it's such a good deal, I think, if you consider yeah. what comes with it. Um, it is the yeah. best uh, deal in gaming right now. But as I say in my mm. article, which I again invite you to to check out, is that mm. we wonder about how sustainable it will be. Because once Microsoft gets, uh, you know, a number of players subscribed, how how generous will they be then? You know, like like with Netflix, when they when they've had uh, a number of uh, subscribers, they they upped the cost, and we just ate it. So yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see how Microsoft plays uh, plays the next few I years. Think Ma- I think Microsoft is is banking on it becoming like Netflix, where it's kind of a necessity, where you, you can't yeah. go without it. So. 
um, that that's going to be, I think, Microsoft's uh, ambition with that. You know, I mean, we haven't heard anything about Sony announcing a, a similar idea, so we'll, we'll they have we to hold on that. Yep, yep, yeah. definitely. Um, and then following that, we had Ethan's uh, discussion about how uh, Breath of the Wild's uh, sequel can actually improve on the original game's dungeon design, which I think some people um, found a little bit lacking. I mean, the game itself overall has got fantastic, um, like, critical and fan, you know, recognition, but I think the dungeons is where you could really see those improvements. Um, So, basically... Breath, Breath of the Wild was kind of a breath of fresh air, and this is this is like paraphrasing what Ethan wrote. Um, get it, get it. Um, but the formula that made Des- um, not Destiny that made Zelda so special, um, from like that made the game so special. You know, before Skyward Sword, you know, maybe going back to that can make uh, make the sequel a stronger game, a more complete Zelda experience. Uh, going forward yeah like the main because i personally didn't mind all the puzzles in breath of the wild spread out through the shrines but the main dungeons the divine beasts they do not compare to the series old dungeons in the slightest most of them are beatable in much less time they all rely on a similar gimmick there's only four of them they just don't have the same sort of recognizability like if you showed me a screenshot from a dungeon from most zelda games i'd be like oh it's you know it's the water temple from ocarina of time or whatever if you find beast like the inside of it i'd be like i have no fucking clue which one that is (laughs) it's the bird maybe and that's the thing is that breath of the wild a lot more focus was put on the journey to get between the dungeons rather than the dungeons themselves, yep. which is where usually, like, in another Zelda game, you, you try to get to the next gen- dungeon as quick as you can. Oh, the journey between places sucks in most Zelda games. Yeah. Hyrule Field is the worst. <laughs> Breath of the Wild did it better. Yeah. Just, the you dungeons know, the dungeons the themselves were a bit... That's the thing. A bit lacking. <laughs> and um, following that, we had Ben's review of uh, Carrion. Um, yes, carry. I, I love the I love the subtitle on that. that I uh, was about that to bring it up. <laughs> you, you guys should check it out on on our website. It's a wonderful subtitle for that. <laughs> but yeah, basically, the the game. Yes, there is a little bit of re- repetition here and there, but the game is really a a fun fun time to be had. Um, and and just flinging your carrion beast around is never gets old uh, according to ben and um you know what uh if you guys want to support some you know some more some more neat uh smaller titles like definitely give that give that a go it's got a cool like um like aesthetic as well like kind of that sci-fi um side-scrolling sci-fi aesthetic which is which is always welcome here at double touch of horror why not (laughs) just a touch Um, Yeah, being the monster is a is a great fantasy for some for someone like me who's a scaredy cat. Being Ooh. the monster and having to think about how I'm going to you know destroy yeah. my my opponents, much better than ha- having me being hunted by you know your nemesis or your whatever. Like yep. no 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 no. Give me the other. Give me the the. Let me play as nemesis game, like in Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that that's a game that we should. That that could be a cool. Cool that exists the, the, the multiplayer uh, oh yeah yeah but i mean like in a story 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then we had Harry's review of Ghost of Tsushima. So one of probably one of the most anticipated games uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, the latest release from Sucker Punch, um, who's m- m- most well known for is the infamous series. Um, and Sly, and, 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 Sly and Sly, uh, Sly Cooper from the PS2 and PS3 generations. Um, man, that would be cool if there was a remaster of those games on PS5. Uh, there is on, on on PS3, but they didn't bring it to PS4 yet. Or five. Yeah, which is which is uh, like I wish I wish they were because I I never got to play the originals, but um, oh, they're really good. Hey, you know what? Two generations. PS5. Come on, Sony, make it happen. Yeah, come on. But yes. Um, uh, Harry found that the the experience in Ghost of Tsushima was kind of the it brought out the best and, and worst quote unquote aspects of open world games. Um you wanna be a badass samurai in feudal Japan, yet you've got this kind of conflict between being stealthy and being honorable and fighting up front. So I think um and you know the the, the, the list of objectives kind of overwhelm you in in ubisoft open world games you know that that seems to be present here as well um but i I have seen um a lot of people talk about the photo mode in the game which looks really yes really really expansive which is awesome and uh, also it did very very well in japan it's sold out Mm. everywhere in japan and they love it and there was a there was uh, an interview with the Yakuza director or game director, I think more specifically, yeah. who said that, you know, this game should be made in Japan. And it's interesting to see that uh, apparently it's made in, in, in good taste from someone that's yeah. Japanese that lives in Japan. So which, I'm which glad is, to hear that. Which is good. Which which um, which um is like probably the highest form of praise you could have if yeah. you're making a game about um, another culture and the people from mm. that culture uh, praise you for it. You know, that... That's, you can breathe a sigh of relief, uh, people at Sucker Punch. It's pretty good. <laughs> and finally, mm. uh, the last release we had uh, just over the weekend was Max's review of Fight Crab. Um, this is the most important this, game. This is, this is the most... I don't care about Ghost of Tsushima. This is the most important game on like, this list. Um, not since... like Was it meant to, like the King Arthur games have has combat been so vitally important to a, to to a game but I, I just i just love the concept look look you play as a crab you, it's a fighting game where you play as crabs and if you're not excited by that read the review of it yeah. read max's review on double jump and if you're still not excited by that you're you wrong can, you can and you can't you can be my friend ride on top of like seals and use them as like your mounts that you can go jousting with as a crab it's beautiful it's, it is you know it's not the game it's the pick it's of not games. the game that we wanted but it's the game we need you know this is the game <laughs> we need right now it's the game i wanted i don't know what yeah. you're talking about i wanted this so badly <laughs> i want nothing more than to live out my fantasies of playing as a crab trying to beat the shit out of other crabs for everyone and if you don't wrong for everyone at home imagining how this game looks, think about the crab meme with a cig- with a cigarette in, in in its mouth and with a, with a knife in one of the one of its claws. There's a meme on the internet, a very old meme. That is this game just made real, made possible. Oh my god! Look, read our review of it. Read Max's review of it, and then just bask in the glory that is Fight Crab. <laughs> Exactly, and um, I, I, 
I have been given permission by Jake to announce this that um, all future reviews will have a will be weighted by the amount of crab they feature in the game. Um, if there is not enough crab, um, they will not be reviewed. It's just you know we, we're taking a stand here. We 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 need to make this happen. The time is now. That's is has a lot of crabs. This is where journalism has led us to, and I think we've gone to a beautiful place. This 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 is. Uh, no one, no one really knows this, and I, I hope Jake doesn't mind me um, revealing this. Is that this was our ambition all along Inside with double the jump. information. That's 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 just all we wanted to do was to make crabs, uh, you know, the animal to star in in games, and uh, you and know, watch um, them fight to the uh, death. Apparently, while riding atop seals. Exactly, exactly. Like when we watch our favorite show um, was Patrick the Starfish featuring mm -hmm. uh, SpongeBob. That was like everyone's favorite show. I think they, they changed the name when they brought it over to Japan. Yeah, I think yeah, they call yeah, it like yeah. Spongebob or something oh, weird like that. But yeah, definitely. There was a definitely. merchandising dispute, so they decided to go with Patrick yeah. instead of Spongebob for yeah, the cover. Yeah, exactly. And, and Australia got localized to make uh, Cross to the Crab <laughs> the, the protagonist, which was very strange because he's only in like a few of the episodes. But you know what? Um, um, he, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> we, we do it differently in the land down under. <laughs> the point is, go read the review of Fight Crab. <laughs> That game looks yeah, amazing. Yeah, go read the review. Tell us what you think. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, there was a review. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we're a journalism website. What? We do more than In terms just of content though, coming up this streams. week. <laughs> yes, streams. Oh, nice segue Ooh. there, Mr. Zach. Yeah. Um, we, you've, uh, you've brought out the professionalism there. I think Jack's put on his uh, suit and tie and, 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 and swapped seats with Zach for a I'm second. Sorry, I'm the much more professional. Uh, yeah. Um, what, do we, uh, what do we have uh, coming up this week, Zach, in terms so, of streams? So, on today, uh, someone named a beer, not sure who that is, will be doing Destiny 2. Name sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, uh, Friday, 9pm, uh, Lucas is doing Minecraft Dungeons. Saturday, 7 p.m., Lucas Box, as always. Mm -hmm. Very big fan of those ones. And Sunday at 9 p.m., Ed, you are doing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Finally. Yes, I, I will be doing my first stream for Double Jump. I will be debuting. I bought a, a specific headset for it, which is due to wow. come tomorrow. So uh, I'm thrilled. I uh, will be starting a playthrough on hard. And hopefully we'll be getting, I, I aim to have it be a full playthrough in which we'll get all the dresses, beat the game on hard, and then get me that sweet platinum that I keep speaking about. So join me on this adventure as we, uh, we finish uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And if, if uh, folks at home, if you would like to um, send in any questions for us, um, please feel free to send them through at podcast at doublejump.co. Um, we're still waiting. We're still waiting for it for, for our first email. You can you be know. the one. Hopefully, can we give a shout we'll out? See. Just, just the one. Just the just one. one you just know. the one. Uh, you, just say hi. You can be the one. You can definitely, be the one. Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. We, Zach, Ed, thank you so much uh, for joining me on this episode um, Zach, if people want to find you online, they can head over to at Zach Goots, that's Z-A-C-K-G-O-U-T-Z on Twitter. Yep. And Ed can be found at Edward Gafter or variations on social media. That's E-D-U-A-R-D-G-A-F-T-O-N. Yeah, as for a beer, our wonderful host uh, for this podcast, you can find him at Mr. 
A, uh, Mr. Abir Chowdhury, oh. at Mr. A B I R C H O W D H U R Y on social media, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. My name is hard to pronounce. You know, like I get it. <laughs> I get I get Grafton every day of my life. You're, you guys are lucky yeah. I didn't put my full surname as my surname. So, as my no handle. worries there, absolutely. My full surname is a nightmare to pronounce. Is it, is it good Sulis? That's pretty good. That's, I'll give you that. That's pretty good. Yeah, not to mention that even my name, if you want to right. uh, pronounce it phonetically correct, right. uh, an, entire, an entire different thing, but it's fine. It's great. Mm. Oh, wait, wait. How? how? Yeah. We want to be educated. We have an international audience. Um, we should respect Edward where you come from. Can you please pronounce your name for us? Yeah, so, ima so, so imagine you're French. Uh, Romania. Oh. Yeah, Romanian is... Yeah, I was going to say, Romanian it is sounds the same like family um, of languages, Spanish so language. think of that. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a Latin Latin um, uh, history. Oh, cool. That's Hey, you learn something new every day here on Double Jump Radio. So everyone... I've learned a lot of new things today. <laughs> For sure. I think things we didn't want to learn. Yeah, as well. learning about life, video games, languages. And, and remember uh, children. Mega cities of mega the cities future. and social links. Remember everyone. <laughs> and and I, I feel like I've heard you guys say, don't quote me I've on that said multiple that a times lot. on occasion. Don't quote me on this, but I've said it at least three or four times. <laughs> Which is funny because I feel like you go, I, th I feel like your name's quote on, on, Switch, on um, Discord and stuff. <laughs> Which is, uh, fair enough, fair enough. So that's going to do it for another episode of double jump radio uh thank you zach thank you ed um if you guys uh want to check out some more of our awesome content you can head over to doublejump.co uh to check out all of our latest articles we've got we've had a lot of stuff come up over the past week so please give them a read give them a like and share them around with your friends and family we're all stuck at home we need some stuff to do why not um why not you know share the love share the great content that um our you know our team is working on very hard um, if you would like to support the show, um, you can always uh, subscribe and share us around. And please do consider becoming a patron on our Patreon. So you can go to doublejump.co slash Patreon and support the site with a, uh, with a little donation. Um, please head over to doublejump.co slash Discord and join our awesome community. It's growing all the time. We've got a, a, a thriving Double Jump Destiny clan and we'll hopefully, you know, with, with more games, with, if as we get more people coming onto the Discord, hopefully we can set up um, similar groups for, you know, Rocket even League. Anthem. Um, hey, <laughs> even Anthem. You never know, all right? Um, <laughs> even Anthem deserves love. Because oh. um, EA doesn't give it. Um, okay, so... <laughs> yeah that's called a callback people take notes at home that's called a callback <laughs> so um until next time i've been a beer we've had zach and ed on bye, this week for a very special three-man episode bye everyone until next time good, good night look out for one another <laughs>